0: What's going on, fellow A Plusers? It is I, your host as always, Adam Perez, back once again with a brand new episode of A Plus Hero Report, your weekly stop for your Marvel, DC, television, and movie news streaming live for you guys over on our YouTube channel. You can also catch us live over on Facebook as well as Twitch. For you gamers out there and you can also catch us over on spotify for you guys if you are audio listeners of the show we do have a spotify channel there is a link in the description box below if you like audio versions of the show but they also do video now as well so you can catch us over on spotify and really wherever you listen to your podcast apple podcast google podcast just put an a plus hero report you'll definitely find this guy so definitely go ahead and check us out over there um but hello uh, how, how, how's everybody going uh, doing today? It is, in fact, Sunday evening. Um, I was actually hoping that I would be able to get the entire crew together, but unfortunately, I'm not able to as of tonight. Um, definitely go ahead and give some uh, great wishes out to Indy as well as Stuart right now. They're certainly fine, uh, but uh, we definitely look forward to seeing them sometime next weekend. Um, but uh, it's just going to be me, guys. Uh, solo, Dolo tonight, as we got ourselves six main topics that we're going to be getting into. Some honorable mentions, certainly at the top of the show. And if you haven't submitted your live viewer questions feel free to go ahead and do so right now if you want to go ahead and submit them over go over to our youtube channel Click on that community tab and there is a live viewer question post, guys. You can go ahead and drop your questions now if you'd like to. Um, so, should be a nice little one on one evening here. I do apologize that the fellas couldn't make it today, um, but I do think we got ourselves some really great topics that we're going to be diving into um, that I'm really looking forward to getting everybody certainly caught up with today. So, um, I've had a pretty good week so far, to certainly be honest with you guys. I've gotten kind of back into my comic book collecting. You know, I've kind of taken a little bit of a high. Because comic book collecting can certainly be a little bit um, um, expensive these days, right? I mean, um, maybe $4 at the least, um, sometimes 5 And if you want like a special deluxe variant cover, you might be paying like 6 6 $7 for it. You know what I mean? So comic books definitely have become a lot more pricey these days. Uh, and so it tends to be kind of uh, expensive at times. And so I feel like I go through these binges and then just completely drop them. But this week I decided to start um, trying to play a little bit of some ketchup, if you will. So uh, I probably went a little bit crazier than I certainly should have. Um, I mean, this is a pretty thick, pretty thick pile here. Uh, but I've gone through gotten some pretty great ones so far. I'm trying to catch up with uh, Dawn of D.C. as of right now. Let me put this on the other side here. Yeah, this is so much easier. And I'm like, what are you doing, bro? Clearly, I'm not used to showing things off. Um, but, uh, yeah, just been picking up some comics, trying to catch up to Dawn of D.C. Um, I think they went through, was it Dark Crisis just recently? They had a Lazarus Pit, I think, event uh, over the past couple weeks. Uh, like sometime last year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so I've been just kind of playing some catch up in regards to like what they're currently up to. I'm probably gonna have to maybe even purchase some of these digitally, just for the sake of spending less money at the comic book store. I think it is like a little bit more discounted if you buy them digitally, but as a comic book collector, there is something about having like the physical copies in your hands. You know what I mean? Uh, being able to tuck them away sort of thing. So I'm definitely a much, a big appreciator of just you know comic books as a whole. And so, um, yeah, I've been doing a little bit, some catching up, mostly a a bunch of uh, DC stuff, honestly. Um, I think this recently just dropped this past week. Night, what is that? Night Terrors, First Blood. It's got Howard Porter uh, as the main artist in here, which I'm a big fan of Howard Porter. I remember falling, I actually remember seeing his work for the first time in his JLA run. I don't even know if that was like early 2000s, maybe late 90s. I'm not even quite sure, but uh, that's actually brand new as of this week. Um, So, a lot of DC stuff. I've been really big into DC. Marvel, I've kind of fallen off of uh, the X-Men stuff uh, since Hickman wind up leaving. Um, And outside of that, I've always been sort of an Avengers guy. So, you can always catch me on an Avengers uh, comic for sure. And they really, they just actually started this um, new Avengers series. I think they only have the first two or three issues out. So, uh, I did go ahead ahead and pick up the newest avengers run uh it's jed mckay and cf villa not too familiar with the creative team but um a uh, good first couple of issues so i'm excited to kind of get back into comics again um but yeah this is i'm just gonna have to be very careful you know what i'm saying because uh, there's a lot to catch up to especially when it comes to dc so i think Now that I got the beginnings of some of these things, the number one issues, maybe digitally I'll go ahead and sort of get caught up to save money so I can be maybe like up to actual current. uh, And then from there, maybe go back to collecting physical copies. I'm not quite sure, but uh, we'll see. I'll figure it out. But anyway, guys, that's what I've been up to this week but let's go ahead and get into some uh, shout outs real quick and see who's actually here with us today. We got Ram Jam certainly in the house. What's up Ram Jam. Certainly good to see you in here. We got Enrique. What's up Enrique. Uh, Hey, Adam. the countdown to San Diego comic-con 2023 is just days away. Can't wait to see new reveals and panels. Uh, yeah, we might uh, highlight that here briefly in just a second, but, um, yeah, San Diego comic-con is right around the corner. I believe the preview night is on the 19th. Um, but the actual day one of the convention is the 20th. So, um, You know, depending on availability of some of the uh, the hosts around here um if for some reason if we can't get like individual videos out on particular topics uh, i do plan on at least trying to do sort of a, a day one or day two sort of recap at the end of the evening so maybe going live like seven eight o'clock sort of thing to kind of wrap up what san diego comic-con has certainly dropped um so look out for definitely some san diego comic-con content around here at the channel um the most talented man in the world is back. What's up, man? Good to see you. Um, Datila. What's up, Dotila? Good to see you as well. Um, do a video of your comic collection. That would be cool to see. You know I- I think that's a great um, idea for a concept for a video, for sure. Um, you know, I have like six long boxes of um, comics um, that I've collected uh, over the past couple of years. Look, I've had a huge collection since I was a kid, uh, and I unfortunately have lost a lot since I've moved uh, over the years. I've had to sell some, unfortunately, in the process to make moves and stuff. So just real unfortunate sacrifices. Um and I wish that I could provide a much bigger collection. I used to love um, The Amazing Spider-Man. I had a huge Spider-Man run all the way up from like the Clone Wars saga, maybe even a little bit before before that. Not the Clone Wars, the Clone, saga, Clone Wars saga, the Clone Saga. Um, that's why I'm a big Ben Reilly fan. Um, but I used to have a huge run of just Mark Bagley uh, as the artist of The Amazing Spider-Man. He's one of my favorite Spider-Man artists, uh, and I used to just love collecting anything that he did of spider-man so you know some spectacular spider-man and stuff was in there and unfortunately all that stuff i wind up um sell having to sell unfortunately um, man, I I regret a lot of this stuff honestly, but um, I, I I feel like I do have a nice comic collection here. It certainly could be bigger, but you know, I I enjoy the comic collection that I certainly have. If anything, I've been thinking about actually making a system because I have I I have no idea what I have anymore. Um, and so if anything, I need to actually just spend like a couple weekends just really kind of getting everything in order. But um, maybe once I do that, Dotila, then I'll go ahead and actually do a video. I think that's a, a cool cool. Uh, video to do well what's up Frankie good to see you in here Frankie and of course Marcelino in the house also guys listen hit that like button uh, if you guys are in the live chat uh, definitely go ahead and feel free to support the channel if you'd like to hit that subscribe button hit that like button that big thumbs up share these videos tell your friends about hero report for sure uh, if you want to go ahead and uh, help the channel monetarily you can go ahead and do so with super chats uh, super was it super stamps or something like that I think they offer um, but um, and if you do support the channel that way. Your comment will be the first question uh, or first comment certainly brought up. We'll definitely pay. Um, go ahead and uh, attack your question first and foremost. And then, of course, all that certainly goes to the building of this channel. So anything is certainly appreciated, guys. Um, But let's go ahead and get some honorable mentions, man. Let's go ahead and kick off some things here. Um, Let me see. Go ahead and pull this up here. I'm going to be my own producer. First and foremost, we have moved over. If you guys have not um, heard about the current rave, I guess, Um, about the revealing of threads here. Um, We are currently over on threads. If you want to go ahead and follow us, Um, it's pretty much literally like, it's pretty much like Facebook's sort of Twitter, if you will, like in the sense that if you have an Instagram account, it literally ports your account over to it uh, if you'd like to. So you don't really have to set much up if you already have an IG account. Um, But I've, I've, I've enjoyed it. I find myself definitely on the timeline for sure. I can definitely see my time over in Twitter has certainly reduced a little bit, um, but I've you know I've liked it. it I, I would say it's you know it's definitely not the same uh, as Twitter. There's definitely a lot more you can certainly build upon. It's very sort of like base level as of right now in regards to what you can certainly do. So definitely much more growth when it comes to. Threads for certainly being there, but definitely has been been a much more positive vibe. I can certainly um, admit to that as of right now. So um, if anything, you know, listen, if you have a Threads account, go ahead and follow us, guys. That's all I'm saying. Definitely would be appreciated. Uh, What do we got here? Oh, we also got some new Blue Beetle covers here. Uh, Movie Maker, I think, did an article with uh, Jolo Mataduena, uh, the um, upcoming uh, Jaime Reyes for the upcoming Blue Beetle movie. Uh, so they dropped some brand new looks at the costume and him in it as well. Um, look, I'm, I'm actually pretty excited for this movie. You know, I'm not expecting big things, but I am expecting some awesome action uh, and some awesome Blue Beetling, if you will. Um, you know, we'll see what the rest of the story is certainly there, but they got some actors. I really enjoy big George Lopez fan. I think the man certainly makes me laugh for sure. Um, I love Jolo for sure. Um, so I'm, I'm really eager to kind of see how this all comes together. Um, but I feel like the more and more I see of it, I continue to really get excited for this movie. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to uh, expect big things at the box office just because of the direction that movies have been going. But I'm hoping Blue Beetle has distanced itself enough to by the time this movie comes around, people will be ready for one. Um, and I'm hoping it really surprises uh, and I'm hoping it does um, some really good things, but we'll see. I'm definitely not getting my, uh, hopes up or expectations, but I really want big things for Jolo. I think, um, I, I've been really impressed with him on Cobra Kai and I kind of want to see him take that next uh, level to see if he can, um, to do that for his career. So, um, we'll see how things go when it comes to Blue Beetle, but yeah, we did get ourselves some brand new, v- uh, photos there. Um, also, we got this Warner Brothers Japan project. Um, I actually just kind of came across this. Um, butchering the name here. The. What? Ice. East K. Am I? Easy I, What am I? I don't, I don't know. We'll see. And uh, I think. Uh, Y'all. I think Indy is trying to call me. Indy? (laughs) I got him over on the uh, YouTube. What's up, guys? I'm trying to see. Indy, you there? Can you hear me? I wonder if he's trying to get into the show. I'm not sure. We'll see. But, um, yeah, guys, um, I am kind of interested in this. Let me go ahead and pull this up, actually, on the Facebook page. Uh, Give me one moment here. Uh, I can't play the audio, um, but let me know if you guys have actually seen this. Um, so the idea here is Suicide Squad uh, Isukai, uh is an upcoming anime television series based on the DC Comics team Suicide Squad. Uh, it will be produced by Warner Brothers Japan um, and animated by Wit Studio. It's got Iri Osada serving as director, Tapei Nagatsuki and Eiji Umihara as screenwriters. If you guys are um, familiar with uh, any of their previous work, uh, let me see if I can go ahead and pull up this um, video for you guys because I definitely want you to go ahead and check it out. Um, I saw it and I thought it was pretty dope looking, actually. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go ahead and put the actual. Um... Okay, there we go. Oh, let's see here we go. Um, Yeah, there we go. I really love the artwork in this, for sure. The design looks great. A lot of Harley. Um, I am kind of curious what the storyline is certainly going to be. Like, is this going to be a retelling of the Suicide Squad movie that we've already seen? Or is this going to be in that? Well, yeah, that's definitely not going to be in That's definitely going to be something completely new. Oh, they're really pushing the envelope in here. They're going a little through the, like, fantasy world or something like that, too. Is Amanda Waller, clearly? Okay. All right, so some connections in there. I am kind of curious if we eventually get ourselves, say, like a... um, I am curious if we eventually get ourselves a secondary trailer to kind of go along with something uh, along those lines. But uh, yeah, I just thought it was actually a pretty cool uh, new project that uh, Warner Brothers Japan was certainly working on. So for any of you anime fans out there, um, maybe the, I, I'm kind of curious if that's something that um, Indy uh, and John will certainly talk about on the next episode of uh, anime assembled for sure. Um, what else do we have here for honorable mentions? Um, oh, the nun, the nun too, actually. Uh, Went ahead and actually dropped a brand new trailer here this past week. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys had the opportunity to check it out. I've watched the trailer about maybe two, three times already. Um, I like the trailer. The trailer is definitely tense. Uh, Certainly has a couple of jump scares for sure that definitely get you. Um, The production actually looks like it might be even a little bit better than um, the first one. Um, So we'll see. Um, You know, listen, this Conjuring universe is really just kind of taking over its own. And doing its own thing right now. Um the Conjuring movies, I think we're going to be getting ourselves another one if I'm not mistaken here relatively soon. Um so Patrick Wilson's already in Insidious, another Insidious movie that just dropped this past weekend. Um so I am eager to get back into the Conjuring movies for sure. Um but I thought it was interesting here that um The Nun 2 dropped a brand new poster and A trailer for you guys uh, as well um i actually just tried to watch the nun last night uh you know i hadn't seen it i don't recall seeing it in theaters um i don't even know if i technically finished the nun yesterday but it was okay movie for the most part it was all right uh definitely some jump scares for sure but um yeah it was okay i'm not gonna say it's blown me away but uh yeah it's been okay um and I believe oh San Diego Comic Con right let me go ahead and pull this up here real quick uh for San Diego Comic Con uh because we do have some panels that are going to be there unfortunately like marvel's not going to be there um james gunn just announced that they're not going to be there as well um so there's definitely a a big opening if you will when it comes to sandoval comic-con for opportunities for other people to kind of show off um so uh, we do have a couple studios that certainly will be there um off the top of my head let me see i'm trying to scroll through here to see who will be in attendance Uh, if i'm not mistaken i believe Invincible um, is going to have themselves a panel as well. Um, the Invincible animated series that was from Amazon Prime, there's definitely going to be having themselves uh, a panel at the San Diego Comic Con. Uh, who else we got? Um, super, uh, my adventures with Superman is definitely going to be having one as well. I think it might be Adult Swim in general that might have a panel at San Diego Comic Con, but um, my adventures with Superman certainly will be talked about. Um, and if you haven't checked it out, Stuart did drop his review for um, he did drop his review for my adventures of Superman on the YouTube channel, so definitely go ahead and check that out. I believe TMNT is going to be there, Mutant Mayhem. They're probably going to really utilize San Diego Comic-Con as a huge push going into their animated movie uh, that I'm hearing some great things about so far. Um, So Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles will certainly be in attendance. Um, Invincible 2 will certainly have a Season 2 update, if you will. Um, yeah, so, oh, and the boys spinoff Gen V will also be at, um, Comic-Con as well. So we're going to get the opportunity to see firsthand, um, w- I would hope if anything, they have themselves a trailer for Gen V. So, um, the expansion of the boys world certainly continues. Um, so yeah, guys, let me know if there's any other panels that you guys are interested in over at San Diego Comic-Con. There definitely will be things to talk about. And honestly, I, I really do believe that even if these... Um, even if these big studio heads, uh, uh, these big studios may not be in attendance, I can almost guarantee you that they'll probably still drop big pieces of information here this week. Like I do expect either big announcements, big reveals, maybe even big trailer drops that like Warner brothers or Marvel want to go ahead and do maybe during the Sandy old comic con week, um, but maybe not necessarily at San Diego Comic-Con, if that makes sense. So I do think that they can continue to certainly make noise, just not being in attendance. So keep your eyes out. Keep your eyes out, guys. We might have some big news for you guys throughout the week, for sure. Uh, Marcelino says, I'm kind of glad that Marvel and James Gunn aren't in in this year. It gives smaller and lesser-known projects more spotlight and publicity. And I, I definitely agree with you there, Marcelino. Um, if anything, I, I'm hoping that it certainly catapults a lot of these... Um, Um, Other projects that are being worked on that, you know, maybe these other bigger companies certainly might have overshadowed and kind of pushed this to the the bottom of the news barrel. But now they'll definitely certainly get some attention. And uh, at this particular point in time, like anything that can help the box office will certainly do a grand thing. So I I am looking forward to some really good panels and I hope that they all take advantage of those. Um, All right, guys. And I think with that out of the way, I think that will wrap up our honorable mentions. All right. So, yeah, it's just going to be solo dolo today. That's all right, y'all. If anything, um, I expect the fellas to certainly try and join us next week. Um, So uh, let's go ahead and get into our six main topics. And the first one that we're definitely going to be talking about was we're definitely going to get into our MCU bag here as uh, Deadpool 3, the upcoming Ryle Reynolds MCU film, has definitely been in the news lately. We've kind of been talking about it at least maybe the past week or two. About a lot of rumors and casting announcements that have kind of been uh thrown around there. I believe at some point in time last week, Stuart and I and myself um, Might have either talked about the idea of um, Ben Affleck coming back as a daredevil or maybe the Channing Tatum T- Tatum news, him possibly being Gambit sort of thing. Um, there's been a lot of rumors and speculation that certainly have been going around uh, when it comes to uh, Deadpool 3. But what I find even more interesting is that we pretty much almost have folk on confirmation here this week um, that somebody that I personally hadn't heard f- from in a long time, especially when it comes to Deadpool rumors. This is the first time I'm actually hearing of this name being involved in this film. Uh, the fact that a, a reputable source such as The Hollywood Reporter winds up notifying us here this week that Jennifer Garner is set to go ahead and reprise her role as Electra in the upcoming Deadpool 3 movie. Um, this like, you know, again, there have been rumblings rumors, right? But like these big news outlets haven't really run with any of these. And the fact that they ran with this one, if you ask me, just kind of opens the floodgates for so much more. So let's go ahead and dive into this article here real quick. Uh, This actually comes to us from, where's this one from? Deadline. No, I'm sorry. The Hollywood Reporter. Here we go. Jennifer Gardner returning as Electra for Deadpool three, this is an exclusive uh, from the Hollywood Reporter themselves. Um, this is pretty bananas, guys. Um, we definitely live. <laughs> we definitely live in a world right now where like anything is possible, um, and it really is having to do with the whole multiversal concept that they've uh, seemingly acquired here for this phase. Um, And it seems as though everybody's running with the multiverse concept right now. Um, So I do feel like personally it is um, waning thin, certainly for some people out there. Um, But there are times like this when um, the old nostalgia kicks in (laughs) and you're like, man, you know what? I have kind of always wanted to see what this person would look like or the idea of them coming back. But uh, again, the fact that the Hollywood reporters are uh, reporting this. Definitely uh, suggests certainly a lot. So let's go ahead and dive into this, y'all. This says um, Jennifer Garner is picking up Electra Psy once again after – nearly 20 year hiatus the actress is returning to the role of marvel comics assassin anti-heroine for deadpool 3 multiple sources tell the hollywood reporter the marvel productions uh, production is currently shooting with ron reynolds uh, reprising his fan favorite part for the fourth wall breaking uh merc with the mouth hugh jackman has come out of marvel retirement to play wolverine Once again, Uh, Sean Levy is in the director's chair with a project to be the first movie that will feature a character or in this case, two or three or more from the stable that once belonged to 20th Century Fox. Fox owned several silos of Marvel's characters before its acquisition by Disney in 2019 brought the movie rights to the characters back into Marvel proper. Um, It says Garner first played the Marvel assassin back in uh, Fox's Daredevil, the 2003 that featured Ben Affleck as the man without fear. While the film was not a hit, it did spawn a spinoff with Garner top-lining solo act Elektra two years later. Uh, So it says her hint in Deadpool 3 hints at some sort of multiversal angle to the film that has been long rumored. And it's possible that other characters from the Marvel films made by Fox could pop up. But this being Deadpool, you can't rule out some meta self-awareness either. Um, Yeah, amen to that, man. So, um, yeah, guys, some big news here in regards to Jennifer Garner certainly coming back as Elektra. Um, Oh, and also they did drop some brand new photos as well from the set. Um, This is actually Ron Reynolds on the set of Deadpool 3 as of right now. Uh, We got two different uh, shots of him, him in the costume. And then one looks like he's preparing to get in a car or out of a car. Who certainly knows, but um, we do have him in costume here for two separate shots. Um, But the movie itself is currently filming. So um, Hollywood reporter again is stating they've got multiple sources that are in fact confirming the same thing. So they clearly have definitely seen her on set. Um, But yeah, so um, these are brand new photos that they released. But yeah, guys, Jennifer Garner returning as Elektra for Deadpool 3. Um this uh, I'm I'm pumped man. If anything the the revelation for this just showcased to me that um a lot of the conversations or a lot of the rumors that we have been hearing about Channing Tatum being seen on set him possibly coming back as Gambit uh, for those of you who don't know um you know Channing Tatum was very open about wanting to play Gambit for years. Um, now I don't believe that they ever got the movie, um, ever started filming, but I do believe they were probably pretty close to getting started before, uh, the Fox, um, the Fox and Disney merger wind up happening. Um, he was actually at San Diego comic-con on stage with a lot of the other fox sort of x-men universe world that they had kind of built out so um if i'm not i don't even remember if they actually made an official announcement for him to play gambit or not at the san diego comic-con but i do remember him being on stage with everybody uh so it felt like he was kind of already in the fold right um so uh, you know the idea of ron reynolds look he i think i believe also channing tana Tatum did show up in, was it the Free Guy movie, um, if I'm not mistaken, also. That was directed by Sean Levy, if I'm not mistaken, also. So he definitely has some sort of connection with Ryan Reynolds there already. Um, So the idea of Channing Tatum coming back as to play Gambit, uh, I think would actually be pretty interesting. So look, this as of this being official from The Hollywood Reporter, I feel like this kind of opens the floodgates for anything being possible. So, you know, I'm latching onto these rumors now uh, and definitely expect them to be in this movie. I'm definitely not recommending everybody certainly think that way. But for me, um, I'm really kind of getting excited for a lot of this stuff to possibly happen. Um, so, yeah, the idea of Channing Tatum. Look, if anything, I could almost see them doing something crazy like reenacting all their roles together possibly on screen from their time in the Wolverine movie, right? Like weren't they all three of them at some point in time in the Wolverine movie, not Channing Tatum as Gambit. You know, he was played by somebody else at the time, but that would be awesome. If you got, if you got the opportunity to correct the Deadpool mistake from Wolverine, but then throw Channing Tatum in there as Gambit and maybe just give me a reenactment of a Wolverine scene or something like that. But if they were all three together or something like that at one point in time. So Uh, look, they can have a lot of fun with this things that couldn't have been, you know, I've, or that could have been, if you will, you know, I've heard the suggestion that this is going to sort of take inspiration from the comic book series, uh, Deadpool versus Marvel or like this kills the Marvel universe or something like that. Um, It would be interesting if it's like Deadpool kills the Fox Marvel universe or something like that. I I have no idea how they're going to kind of pull that off, but Um, Also, the idea that we have had heard rumors, too, that uh, Ben Affleck might actually be in this movie as well. Um, Here, I'll actually go ahead and bring up some of these for you guys so you can see like just how far back this goes. I believe the Ben Affleck as Daredevil possibly coming up was like early June or late June. Let me go and pull this up here. Let's go down this this tunnel, y'all. So this is from CineBlend.com. Following X-Men reports, Deadpool 3 is now rumored to involve Ben Affleck. This is 16 days ago this article was posted. It says various X-Men characters are said to appear in Deadpool 3. Um, so they have, they have even been talks about like Patrick Stewart coming back once again, Ian McKellum back again as like Magneto. Maybe even, you know, I don't even know if they would, if, I'm curious if Holly Barry would even come back, a storm sort of thing, right? It's possible that they, uh, a lot of them could come back. Um, oh, it was reported that James Marsden, Cyclops, uh, Fame Jansen's Jean Grey, and a Holly Barry storm will appear, okay, <laughs> um, which was enough to make this film This flick sound like a mutant version of No Way Home. Now it's being rumored that Ben Affleck, another actor with ties to 20th Century Fox Marvel, may be involved with Deadpool three, according to a Twitter user, Casey Walsh, uh, the Comics Kid. Affleck was seen on the Deadpool three set with the threequel having begun principal photography in England towards the end of last month. Uh, While Walsh has no idea who is who he is playing, the mere mention of Affleck being around this production has set off speculation that he's reprising Matt Murdoch, AKA daredevil whom he played in the 2003 daredevil movie. Um, so again, this was two weeks ago that this rumor was already letting us know about the X-Men reports that the, the some of the actors were going to be coming back. Then this particular rumor of Ben Affleck, being on set not confirming that he's going to be Daredevil but again if you just tell me hollywood reporter that Jennifer Garner <laughs> Jennifer Garner as Electra is going to be coming back for Deadpool 3 uh I'm like yeah I definitely believe the fact that Ben Affleck would uh, possibly be involved in this movie also uh I think that would certainly make a ton of sense um, so then you square that along with, uh, again, the just recent rumors uh, as of last week of Channing Tatum getting the opportunity to be Gambit again um, in the upcoming Deadpool 3 movie. Um, yeah, it feels like it definitely just sort of all lines up pretty nicely. Um, so we'll see, though. Again, that's just speculation on my part. But what is confirmed, what is confirmed, again, uh, is from The Hollywood Reporter that, yeah, uh, Jennifer Garner is returning as... Electra, uh, I think this is big, man. Look, I, I'm I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest, though. Okay, let me just be honest. Like, I think I posted this over on Twitter the other day that I I got maybe like two or three multiverse movies left in me, y'all. I'm just being honest. <laughs> I'm being honest. Um, it, I I'm like wondering to myself. Like, did everybody know this was going to be Marvel's plan? Like, did everybody know that their next endeavor was going to be the multiverse saga? And then, like, everybody was like, we got to do a multiverse movie, too. We got to make this happen. And they just all seemingly just dropped around sort of like the same time. Um, They've been fun. Don't get me wrong. But it's like, okay, it's it's you know it's becoming a trope now. you know it's like it's, it's the same thing. um I really just kind of want to go back to like individual stories, really well told individual stories to build your stories around. Um, it's a lot of crossovers going and I just want there's one focus, you know what I mean um so I, I got like two three multiverse movies left in me. Um, so please make them good. <laughs> Um, and then let's get back to business of, of storytelling, you know what I'm saying um, this seems fun to me, you know, leave it up to Ron Reynolds and them to pull some sh- off like this, uh, but this seems like this would definitely be fun to me sort of a very much a last hurrah, this has got to be it, right, like I feel like everybody, no Logan, this is the last time that we're going to visit this character and Patrick's too, we've seen him like two, three times I feel like since then, um, and maybe it feels like that way, maybe we certainly have it but He's coming back from retirement, Um, and so he's going to be popping back up. I feel like Patrick Stewart's been everywhere, so I really want this to be the last hurrah, and then let's just move on to something new with Deadpool being in the MCU. So I am kind of curious to see how this is all going to come out. Uh, kind of all come together one final time but yeah this is fun to me if anything it opens the door to like who else is going to pop up in this movie Uh, I would love the opportunity to see Nicolas Cage as Ghost Rider I absolutely need Nick Cage in this movie now you got to make it happen for me Um, I've even seen some people post the idea of wanting to see the Fantastic Four back um, do I need to see I de- you know what I was going to say do I need to see everybody back I need to see everybody back <laughs> i mean chris evans i think would certainly be down Uh, i think the the guy that played reed richards i don't know what he's doing right now but i think he would get a kick out of it um jessica alba You know, I don't know. I don't know if you can get Jessica. Maybe we'll see how fun she is if she (laughs) decides to come back for that particular role. But, um, you know, I'm sure there's probably plenty of other characters that some of us would certainly like to see. But listen, if you could think of some Fox um, superheroes uh, from Marvel that, um, you know, might have had the opportunity to shine or was a part of some of these movies, who would you certainly like to see? kind of come back uh, but it feels like the floodgates have now officially opened uh and this to me almost kind of i don't want to say confirms all the other rumors but uh i'm thinking to myself you know what i am uh, i'm more inclined than ever to believe some of these uh past uh rumors that we've been kind of discussing here a little bit as well um also you know what this week um the one of the actors um a deadpool star karen sony um I believe he played the taxi driver. I can't remember his, his friend's name now from the Deadpool movies, unfortunately. Um, but he actually came out this week and spoke about that it won't feel different from the first two. Uh, very much a reassuring tone, if you will, uh, to those that are maybe be wondering, like, is Disney going to, you know, Disney-fy Deadpool in any way and um, it doesn't feel like it. I feel like a lot of people have kind of pushed back and spoken up about the idea of the MCU letting Deadpool just be Deadpool. Um, It says the MCU has made exclusively PG movies so far, while Deadpool movie has been rated R for their language, violence, and sexual material. As this is the first time a Deadpool movie has been set in Disney's relatively clean MCU, some may wonder if the movie will feel different from the hard R uh, 20th Century Fox movie. It says Sony, who portrayed Deadpool's Taxi Driver in the first two movies told comicbook.com I have begun working on that one so I can say that it is the same as the other two it's like hard R Um, there's a lot of that stuff. So it does not feel different. The only thing that for me is different is that I have not gotten the script this time. The other two we did get, it's a big difference, at least for me, the MCU part of it versus the Fox Marvel part of it. They're so strict. So I've only seen glimpses of what I'm in. So apparently his interactions with Deadpool very much are very much hard are. So I would assume that they're certainly using language and references and things like that as well. And so, um, you know, again, I think this is another reassuring factor to the fans out there, or at least it certainly should be um, that Disney is definitely going to keep this character as real as, you know, as close as you definitely have seen him in the past two movies. Um, and so uh, I do find that certainly reassuring. And also looking, if you guys aren't watching secret Invasion. Look, if you like spy, thriller, espionages, uh, uh, kind of storylines, who can you trust, high tension, Um, you know, I definitely suggest checking out Secret Invasion. But the first episode for me there's a sequence in there where like they just mow these dudes down with like guns and stuff. Uh, it was a great sort of action sequence piece. And I'm just thinking to myself like, damn, like that. Uh, this feels very like John wick sort of uh, rated R sort of thing. Right. So um, I, I definitely don't think Disney is afraid to um, reach and, and, and go there. Uh, and again, I don't think that you get somebody back like a John Burnthel as the punisher if he is not going to make sure that the character and who that person is, is very much um, as accurate uh, and depicted as they possibly can be. You know what I mean? So uh, I do think that Disney is going to take the gloves off when it comes to uh, a lot of these hard R's, uh, certainly characters. So uh, I expect Deadpool also hopefully um, be in that vein uh, and hopefully something like um, Punisher as well but uh, yeah I continue to keep hearing from people uh, that have been a part of this movie uh, that yeah it is in fact going to be still have that uh, hard R aspect to it so um, some pretty exciting things man I'm, I'm this, this week was like the week of Deadpool I don't know if they were like trying to certainly get ahead of the curve of like a bunch of news that's set to go ahead and drop from San Diego Comic Con or beforehand or what but um yeah they got some big things certainly coming down the road Uh, and again here is the brand new deadpool 3 set photos that wind up dropping here this week you know i've been having people talk about the idea of like the the suit is redder and things like that i mean maybe they maybe they hiked up the tint just a little bit brighter i'm not quite sure but um You know, I don't, I then again, I hadn't seen uh, Deadpool 2, so I don't know if the Deadpool 2 suit changed or if, you know, the lighting in here certainly does look um, significantly different between the two. Like this one looks, you know, much um, more to the original. Um, But yeah, you know, I guess when you're out and open like that, I mean, maybe just the lighting difference as well. But um, yep, that's uh, Deadpool set photos. And if we get any other big news, um, any big announcements like that, we'll definitely go ahead and keep you guys posted. Uh, what are you guys saying here, Marcelino Vasquez? Uh, I can already hear Andy groaning with Jennifer Garner returning. <laughs> well, you don't think he'd be a big fan of hers coming back? Um, what's funny is that for the longest time, Fox wanted to do a crossover with the X Men, Daredevil, Fantastic Four, and Deadpool. Now they got there. Now they got their wish. Um, it'll be interesting to see just the like how much they aren't afraid to crap on their time. At Fox, (laughs) Um, and now their wishes finally come true, only for the characters to be potentially killed off. Quite the irony, and meta humor. Meta humor, yeah. I definitely do. uh, Definitely look forward to seeing um, how they how they wind up killing them off. Like I am kind of curious, like what's going to drive the storyline? Like what is what is it that what is it that's going to cause this from happening? Like is it like an incursion or something like that? Like do they? Uh, is this fox world about to be destroyed and like they he's gotta take them out in order for his world to survive? I have no idea. Like I'm really I'm really curious to see what this is um this is gonna certainly turn into. But um yeah, if they agreed to just come back and just to kind of kill these characters off, I mean I think they probably would love to come back. Like, hey, I promise we're gonna literally kill them off here this time, guys. Do you wanna reprise your role one more time? Yeah, absolutely um especially if you get to work with ron reynolds and you 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 know what these deadpool movies are all about i'm pretty sure the cast was was completely down for whatever storyline they certainly came up with um i think it'll be pretty good um ram jam says let's go back to individual superhero movies look i i definitely agree with you ram jam like I, i i will say and again that's not to say that they're all bad like no way home for me was probably like creme de la creme um you know what i mean um Doctor Strange, enjoyable, but at times, you know, I felt like it it lost itself, um, um, but certainly had its enjoyable moments. Like for me, Elizabeth Olsen was definitely the standout um, in Doctor Strange 2 for me. Um, but yeah, like I'm ready to just kind of um, again, I haven't had the opportunity to check out. God, I can't believe I'm even saying this. And admitting this to you guys, I still have not had, uh, had the chance to get to see across the Spider Verse. I need to see across the Spider Verse before it leaves theaters, um, so I, I have to make that a priority here. Hopefully this week. Um, but I know that's a great sort of multiversal movie, certainly done right. Two, two great Spider Man multiverse movies. Uh, who would have who would have known? But um, if anything, I, I, I'm just I, I'm just ready for an individual movie because I think at this point in time, people are maybe getting you know, a little sick and tired of it, but um, this one should be a fun one. Uh, like I said, I got two to three more left in me, so I got this movie, I got Beyond the Spider-Verse left in me, worth paying attention to, uh, and if there's an Avengers movie that's going to be multiversal in concept, I got maybe one of those left in me. Outside of that, I'm going to let the chips fall where they may uh, and see how it goes, but after that, I don't want I don't want any other multiverse movie uh, whatsoever. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of over it right now. But yeah, guys, let us know your thoughts. I'm pretty excited for this one. Deadpool 3, uh, the news continues to get me hyped. Uh, That's all I can certainly ask for, y'all. So uh, let me know your thoughts on Jennifer Garner returning as Elektra. Um, How big of a role do you guys think she certainly might have? And again, is there anybody else you guys would like to certainly see pop up from the Fox Marvel characters in that film? Let your thoughts be known in the comment section box below uh let's see here what is the next topic we are going to stick in the world of the mcu uh and this time we're going to get into some fantastic four that's right the fantastic the world of the fantastic four uh is continuing to expand uh we've been getting like casting announcements or at least rumors uh, just all over the place uh, from time to time. I mean, um, what Adam Driver, I think at one time, one point in time was attached to be Reed Richards, or at least he had been offered a role, um, but he winds up stepping away from it. Um, I, I feel like there's just been a lot of names that have been kind of circulating over the past several months. But to be honest with you, there is one name that I feel like continues to kind of come up uh, over and over again, uh, and so for me, this is certainly worth um, paying attention to at least, um, but Vanessa Kirby, uh, most notably known from her time in The Crown, um, she actually is going to be in the upcoming fanta- um, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, part one movie. Uh, Vanessa Kirby's name has continued to come up uh, in this week, Um, There's a report saying that she has actually been offered the role uh, for Sue Storm. Uh, Again, this is not the first time that we've heard Vanessa Kirby's name. Uh, I believe we've also heard the likes of like Margot Robbie. Uh, I think there was a report saying that she might have exited the project or maybe turned down the offer. Uh, I'm not quite sure, honestly um but Vanessa Kirby's name definitely continues to circulate when it comes to this so uh let's go ahead and dive into this report uh this actually comes to us from was it comic book resources cbr.com fantastic for Vanessa Kirby <clears throat> reportedly has the offer for Sue Storm um Let's see here. It says Marvel's studios has reportedly offered uh, Vanessa Kirby the role of Sue Storm. Uh, where's that image that I want to pop up? There we go. Uh, According to reliable insider Daniel Rickman, uh, Kirby, who can be seen in an upcoming Mission Impossible movie, has been officially offered the role of Invisible Woman. No deal has been finalized yet, but the gig is reportedly hers for the taking. Kirby is best known for playing the young princess uh, Margaret, Countess of Snowdown, uh, Snowden, uh, in, the, uh, uh, in the Netflix drama The Crown. Um, she was also Hades Shaw in the 2019 film uh, Fast and the Furious, Hobbs and Shaw movie. It says Kirby's potential casting comes after Margot Robbie reportedly exited talks for the highly coveted role. Robbie, who has previously uh, experienced in the comic book realm, uh, having played Harley Quinn in the DCU was seemingly a lock for invisible woman alongside Adam driver as her husband, Mr. Fantastic. However, both actors are no longer circling the feature with salary being listed as one reason for their departure um david diggs who was reportedly in talks to play the thing is also not 100 percent attached to fantastic four anymore with all uh roles currently in flux um so that's a good little detail in regards to that in regards to like just where um they find everything um as of right now for these characters so um kirby again has been offered the role uh, it's like hey this is yours if you certainly want it but again no deal has been finalized as of yet so it feels very much like um this certainly could fall apart um if um you know if i'm sure they're probably doing their negotiating as of right now um getting everything together you know dotting all the i's crossing all the t's making sure the money is certainly right i am kind of curious as to what they offered Margot Robbie and Adam driver. Um, I don't know what they go for currently for, for like to be in a movie um maybe the MCU's like, look we've had we had some we've had some hard times. We've had some hard times uh can we get like that MCU discount uh, and they, maybe they're like no no I'm hoping it's that and not the idea of like the script isn't strong enough you know um, I'm hoping that's not the case but again the the article in fact does state, that it probably has to do with the um, um, the money issue, the money situation. So, um, so we'll see how this turns out. But look, you know, I'm a big fan of um, uh, I'm definitely a big fan of Vanessa Kirby. Uh, I actually absolutely loved her in The Crown. Um, I honestly stopped uh, watching after they what aged out to like the next uh, <laughs> the next phase for The Crown, unfortunately. But she was great in it. I didn't get the opportunity to see Hobbs and Shaw. uh, So I did miss uh, out on seeing her in that. But I am eager to go ahead and check her out in Mission Impossible. I'm trying to go ahead and see it this week, if I I possibly can. Uh, I'm doing a little bit of a Mission Impossible marathon right now to go ahead and do some catch up. Uh, You know, I've seen... uh, All of them, with the exception of the last one, the Henry Cavill and Angela Bassett one, I don't believe I've seen all the way through. So uh, I am rewatching one through. What is that? I guess, yeah, from one all the way up to Dead Reckoning. So I can go ahead and be caught up before I go ahead and get into the film itself. So I am really eager to see certainly how she stands out. Um, You know, look, I, I felt like I can't remember who I had for my invisible woman when we did our fantasy casting for the fantastic four um i can't remember who indy or Stuart had i might have to actually go back and and check out and see if any of us picked up and you know picked vanessa kirby had her maybe as an honorable mention i think for me i think i had rachel brosnahan from the marvelous mrs mazel which is funny to me that because now she She clearly didn't land this role, but she definitely landed the role of Lois Lane. Um, So I thought that was actually pretty cool overall. But I'll have to go back and see if any of us predicted Vanessa Kirby. But uh, I could easily certainly see her in this role. Uh, For me, it would just be interesting to see who she's going to be playing opposite of and – what that chemistry and that screen sort of testing certainly might look like, right? Like I'm definitely going to need that kind of uh, chemistry involved between her along with um, Reed Richards. So whoever they pick, like I am also kind of wondering like if Adam driver has sort of exited then who's next? And has Vanessa Kirby even acted against whoever might be up next for the role, right? Like, is that chemistry there? Does that change the dynamics of it? Or, you know, will Sue Storm take a bigger role in this movie than some of us might, you know, might might not expect? I, I have no idea. But, you know, Vanessa Kirby... Uh, Yeah, slam dunk. Uh, I definitely do think she's going to she can do a great job, certainly in this particular role. So um, we'll see um, how this lands and uh, we'll see if it winds up coming to fruition that she's going to be our next um, Sue Storm. But uh, according to comic book resources, she has been offered the role uh, and uh, but no deal has been made as of yet. Marcel says, I've only seen the last two Mission Impossible movies. I'm shocked you haven't seen fallout since you're a big Henry Cavill fan. Yeah, me too. I remember seeing the trailers for it and just thinking, Holy shit. Uh, I got to check out that movie. It was a cool, like he like undoes his like sleeve and he rolls it up and he like gets it ready and stuff. I'm the, the, the trailer sequences that I seen were pretty damn impressive. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised myself. Marcelino. I didn't get a chance to see that movie. What year did that movie drop? Um, I'll have to check that out. But um, yeah, if you get the opportunity, Marcelino, check out the imp- Mission Impossible movies in general. Um, first one was solid, really enjoyable, set the kind of um set the concept and the idea of what Mission Impossible is gonna be. M- Mission Impossible 2 definitely went very like 90s stylized action, uh, which was usually, I think was it John Woo that they went with? Um, for doing the directing work. I mean, definitely was a definitely stylized sort of 90s action flick. Uh, it felt like. Uh, and then I think they brought J.J. Abrams in and or Damon Lindelof no I think it was J.J. Abrams they brought in uh, for Mission Impossible 3 uh, to sort of realign it and kind of bring it back to sort of like that uh, espionage uh, action film sort of thing Uh, and then it really just kind of took off and reinvigorated itself uh, and really became something hella hella impressive Um, and like Tom Cruise really just kind of took off in his career for Mission Impossible in that sense Um, just really pushing the envelope for himself man and now Oh, shit i mean these movies are incredible so uh, and i'm hearing great things so far i think it's like a 99 already on rotten tomatoes uh, so it's really impressing people um so far but uh, yeah, those are always first reactions but you never know man you never know i'm looking forward to it but yeah vanessa kirby will in fact be in the upcoming mission impossible movie so if you want to get a glimpse uh as to what your upcoming uh, sue storm could potentially um bring to the table uh, this is a great way to go ahead and check out Vanessa Kirby in that movie uh, and show us some love and support, man, because I think she's going to uh, kill this role if uh, if she, in fact, agrees to it. So, um, yeah. Also, let me know your thoughts, guys. Um, how do you feel about Vanessa Kirby possibly being Sue Storm? Did you have any other actresses certainly on your short list that you would have been interested in definitely checking out as that character? Uh, let me know your thoughts in the comment section box below. You know, I'm kind of curious what their screen testing is like, honestly. You know, like when you just get off of hearing casting news for something like, um, you know, Superman Legacy, and you see like the painstaking like chemistry that... James Gunn is really going for in the sense of having like three people from a short list. I'm sure combining them certainly as trios from time to time uh, or you know switching out their combos to kind of see who works well with what. Uh, I am kind of curious when it comes to like a Sue Storm. You know, who who do you have her play opposite? Like I would definitely need to see what her chemistry is like with like a Reed Richards probably like a Reed Richards and whoever their Doctor Doom is going to be. Um, if he even pops up in this movie, and uh, look, there's a part of me that wants to say they're now na- they Namor. Also, um, if that's something that they ever figure out, I know uh Tenocha Huerta's got a, certainly a lot going on his plate right now in regards to you know what his future is like in the MCU. But um, you know, I am kind of curious as to like what kind of screen test or chemistry. Um, that goes into the process of finding somebody like um, a Sue Storm, right? And who Vanessa Kirby has sort of acted opposite of. So uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see if Marvel Studios ever like lets us into that sort of uh, uh, attention to detail type of thing. But um, it's kind of cool to see that the pieces at least are falling into place. Um, one movie that unfortunately pieces are not falling into place is the upcoming Shang-Chi 2 movie. Um, look, this movie... Uh, was pretty fun, pretty incredible. I had a fantastic time. Like, if you ask me, out of the the Phase 4 movies, um, Shang-Chi is definitely up there in regards to, like, top three, if not, like, top two. Uh, I think, honestly, for me, outside of Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, the other Phase Two movie or Phase Four movie, I really enjoyed and had a blast with, um, was Shang Chi two, and I think it certainly uh, did a pretty good job for a first outing of an unknown sort of you know uh, Marvel character to the general masses. Um, Pretty good, um, you know, got some pretty good and well deserved attention. Um, But it's been a couple years since we've seen the Shang Chi character uh, since that movie has been out, and a lot of people have certainly been awaiting his return. I personally do think that we will see Shang-Chi earlier um, than Shang-Chi 2. But if anything, it seems as though we have some disappointing news in regards to when we can actually get the sequel for this movie. Uh, This actually comes to us from uh, comicbook.com. Shang-Chi gets a disappointing update from Simulu. Um, and, uh, says, uh, Shang-Chi officially r- arrived in the MCU in 2021. So about what's about a year and a half ago with fans eager to see further adventures of Simu Liu, uh, take on the character. Um, sh- shortly after the release of the movie, uh, Marvel confirmed it is developing a sequel film, but updates surrounding it have been few and far in between. In a recent post on the new social media platforms, threads, uh, Simu Liu reviewed, uh, revealed that uh, Shang-Chi sequel was originally poised to debut after Avengers. But with various release date changes having pushed that back even further, it is unclear at this point if the Avengers movie... um, is If it's even referring to Kang Dynasty or Secret Wars. And so this is what he wind up saying. Somebody He says, ask me anything, Threads Edition. And somebody asked him, what's the status of Shang-Chi? And he says, was told it would follow Avengers, but that keeps pushing back due to circumstances beyond my control. I hope to have more concrete news uh, to share soon um so yeah uh simulu is uh confirming here that uh yeah was told it would follow avengers but that keeps pushing back due to circumstances beyond my control i uh, hope to have more concrete news to share soon so um yeah and unfortunately also if i scroll up here i wonder if this will take me to um the release date changes to give you a better sense of Marvel freak out! Mar- Marvel freak out over Avengers: King Dynasty and Secret War delays. Um, now, King the Conqueror's siege will take place on May first, twenty twenty-six. Meanwhile, the multiversal crossover event that every fan has been anticipating for years uh, will hit on May twenty twenty-seven. That sucks. Damn. So, yeah, so Kang Dynasty has now moved to May of 2026 uh, and Secret Wars to May of 2027. Um, so let's just assume uh, if Simu Lu is correct here that his Shang-Chi movie was going to debut after Avengers. Um, we're possibly talking at the earliest, what three years, another three years for his movie to certainly come out. Um, that's if you assume that this that movie would drop maybe like late half of 2023, obviously mean, a late half of uh, 2026, uh, maybe even pushing a little bit further towards like early 2027, like February or something like that. That's so far away. <laughs> that's so far away. Honestly, like uh, what I will say is this. I hope I hope that they do have him in other things, Um, because I think that is just way too long of a time uh, to go between sequels. Now, look, again, he said it's this things that are just simply not in his control. Right. Um, They clearly have to go back to the drawing board. I don't believe Jeff Loveness is any longer the writer of secret of um, Kang Dynasty. You know, they have seen some of the remarks. You know, some of the pushback, some of the lukewarmness that some people have felt when it comes to Marvel these days, Uh, not feeling that the quality is there. The quantity is certainly there, Uh, but the quantity might have resulted in less quality. Um, And, you know, when you're expecting things like Ant-Man and the Wasp to just crush it at the box office and have big end results and unfortunately, you know, just... um, not doing too well at the box office with the performances, and then of course, you got the whole Jonathan Major situation certainly on your hands as well. So, like a double whammy, uh, we'll see what uh, what happens. With Johnson Major's case. I can't remember if we've got a court case again here in July or August. Um, but it's uh, there's a lot of back and forth certainly going on right now for sure. Um, so yeah, Marvel's very much in a tight place right now. Um, and so, this is probably one of the reasons why they've already pushed back a lot of their films. Um, but now you've got to wait an additional year, maybe even an additional year and a half, uh, for this movie to certainly take place. Now, look, you know, and then now on top of things, we're certainly in the middle of a writer's strike. So, that's a, like a triple whammy for Marvel right now. In the sense that project that you want to go ahead and work on, you no longer can. Pencil, pencils are down. Nobody's doing any writing whatsoever. And the actors might go on strike here soon, if they haven't already. Um, so, you know, you can't stop using can't film anything. Um, so you got to push everything certainly to the back burner or further down the road. Which uh, just the assumption that when everybody will get back to it, right? And so uh, a lot of these movies are going to be delayed. Uh, I, you know, look, I, I do wonder if that look. you got to think that it probably will hurt MCU's momentum uh, a little bit more than what they expected. But look, if you could come out of the gates really utilizing that and having a very effective force change. You know, I do think that you can get people back on board and certainly change their minds for sure. But um, time is definitely not uh, on their side right now, I think. Uh, I do think that uh, distance certainly will make audiences' attention lane. I think it puts DCU in a much better position to sort of attract fans and then have Marvel all of a sudden become the company of like, uh, prove it to me again. you know, uh, type of thing. Uh, we'll see how the tides turn here. Um, I do think um, that mcu has got some great stories and great movies that are certainly upcoming. I mean, I'm personally excited for the Marvels, and if anything, I do think that Shang-Chi might pop up in the Marvels uh, at some point in time. If you remember, there is a Captain Marvel post credit sequence uh, at the end of the first Shang-Chi. Um, so I am kind of curious if they've been working together, um... You know, um, I can't remember what they were examining. If it was maybe his his, uh, his rings
1: themselves,
0: uh, maybe an attachment to like celestial, um, you know, celestial powers or whatever the case may be. I don't know, but I there's a feeling that I'm getting that Shang Chi could possibly pop up in something like a um, a, a Captain uh, Captain Marvel two or the Marvels, however you certainly want to call it. So um, I think that's what. If any if, if you wanna to continue to keep your character's momentum uh, up, you gotta hopefully add C Lulu and maybe one or two other projects before you can get to something like a Kang Dynasty. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed, but you need to keep them relevant for sure. Um, uh, and then just use certainly that's mind wisely to the sense of like it's gonna be delayed, we get that. You know people are going to hopefully still be eager to see these characters but we got to use that time wisely to truly build strong stories around these characters for their returns uh in order to really get that attention back uh from maybe again maybe um a, a, a well-built sort of um dcu kind of um, setting itself up you know what i mean so um it should be pretty interesting where it finds it at but this is disappointing man this is disappointing for sure um, you know, I don't think we fully knew. Uh, well, I think we had an idea of most of the slate for Phase 5. I definitely do think that there were still some release dates that were certainly set up for upcoming phases that to needed to be filled out. So, again, I would have been really curious to see if we're changing to all that. But again, he seemed to be related to him after Avengers, so I would assume after King Dynasty, Um maybe bump that up a little bit earlier or is his movie truly that dependent on the events of the *Time state you know I mean so um yeah man they definitely find themselves in a, a spot here again keeping um, my fingers crossed that seem like up other things but look guys I'm kind of curious what you guys think right like when it comes to Cho um, key do you think that he will pop up in other things for the MCU? And And so, what other projects would you like to see him attached to, when it comes to something upcoming? Um, your guys', uh, guys thoughts. Um. All right, guys. Uh, let's see here. With that out of the way, you know what? Let's um. <clears throat> my next topic. I'm actually. This is a topic that I was kind of hoping that I would have like um, Stuart here for, you know, um, Indy here for because it's definitely sort of like a debate. And like, uh, I kind of want to pick your brains uh, on this kind of situation here. And this is really the status of the box office. Movies have not been performing well at all. Uh, a lot of these big budget films just underproducing at the box office. Um, terrible, especially like second week numbers. They just continue to crash. <clears throat> people just are not going to the movies as much as they certainly used to. Uh, and a lot of people are just kind of curious as to like what's going on here. Like what's um? why are these numbers certainly so low? Uh, and, um, I thought we had some really good articles that wind up coming out this past week, um, that kind of tackle the idea of why movies just are not performing well, uh, at the box office and what sort of course corrections could certainly be made by some of the studios, um, to hopefully revitalize the idea of going to the movie theaters or at least, um, um utilizing their money a little bit more wisely, if you will. Um, you know, that's kind of funny thinking about a big corporate company using their money wisely. But, um, you know, I thought this was a pretty interesting topic to go ahead and dive into here this week. Um, so I'm trying to figure out, let's uh, let's tackle Kevin, Kevin Smith's first. Uh, Kevin Smith came out this week, I think on his podcast, uh, and talked about it a little bit. So let me go ahead and pull this up here. This uh, is reported here from uh, comicbook.com. Uh, Ram Jam, real quick, says it could be burnout for the cause of the movie box office not doing so well. I could be wrong. Um, I'm curious as to um, what you mean by burnout. Burnout of what exactly? Just want to clarify that, Ram Jam, real quick. Um, let's go ahead and pull this up here, real quick. Um, this is, here we go. Uh, Kevin Smith thinks that movies are too expensive right now. Is his thoughts? Um, says in a, in the comicbook.com's latest edition of things Kevin Smith said, we have Kevin Smith's thoughts on the movie theater industry following a string of underperforming blockbuster franchises. And you know, with that, let me just bring up box office mojo here, just so I have it handy in case I need to pull up some numbers and some things like that. Um. Paramount's Transformers, Rise of the Beast, um, The Flash, uh, Indiana Jones, and The Dial of Destiny. According to Smith's take on the industry, people simply do not have the budget to keep heading out to the theaters. He says bad movies will be with us forever, like cancer. Like, that's not it. It's not like movies suddenly got bad. He says it's different. An audience has been trained now To like wait he says as for why people are choosing to wait more time to see movies smith says number one movies are too expensive he says i'll be honest as an exhibitor uh, i'm gonna say that because i've been to the other movie theaters and i see their prices i think the prices of movies is high and i also think that the shrinking theatrical window definitely fucking hurt Home video, uh, home viewing has become preferable. Why would you want to go out when you can watch something in your own home on a nice giant TV with a picture quality that's pristine? The Flash came out on June 16th. The Flash is hitting streaming July 18th, a movie that was just in movie theaters. You've got an audience that's like, why would I bother going out? It has nothing to do with bad movies or woke movies. It has everything to do with how people have been retrained to ingest films during COVID and after COVID. Um, I think he's, I definitely think he's onto something here for sure. And listen, you know, I don't ever think it's like one thing, right? People can think like maybe it's more of this than that, but it's never one thing, you know? Um, And I do think that he might be pushing the button on certainly one of those things. Movies are very much just too expensive. And the reason I think also that movies are too expensive is because of the fact that the budgets for these movies continue to rise, right? If you're making bigger budgeted movies, you got to ask the audience to go ahead and provide more money. And now you're pushing like Dolby and IMAX, and these are significantly higher priced movies than, you know, movie theater experiences and just going to a regular sort of uh, laser or digital format um, movie theater, right? So um, movies Uh, are too expensive. Um, But then also the idea of just the movie going experience and going to the movies is expensive as well. Um, And I think he also mentions um, the idea of the home viewing becoming preferable. Um, COVID definitely has trained a lot of us to be like, hey, You know, releasing on streaming this particular day or exclusively on this day or, you know, uh, releasing same day as theater release sort of thing. So you can either go to the theaters or watch it from home. Um, The normal period of time i believe before covid that movies had to be in movie theaters before even going to like video on demand or anything like that was 90 days so you had at least like um it's 3 months that your movie was going to be cycling in the movie theater um and then now i believe that for some companies their turnaround time is now like 45 days so it's like a month and a half that you give these movies to certainly be Inside of a movie theater. But like now, because how COVID has trained us that we're all on streaming services now, the idea of thinking to yourself, do I want to spend twenty five dollars to kind of go to a movie when literally I can just wait a month and a half and still see this for free? Well, not free because you're still paying for the streaming service itself, but literally be able to have the opportunity to just sit at home and just watch this movie. Um, I do think that there is certainly something to that, and I think it has taken away people's enjoyment of maybe going to the movie theaters. Uh, I do think that it's kind of taken away from getting people out of the house uh, and interacting with other people. I mean, you don't have to interact with other people, but, you know, it's just interesting to me that, you know, I've I've been especially listening to some of the uh, movie podcasts that I listen to that talk about the movie going experience I actually came across a Samuel L. Jackson interview that he did on The Shade Room, if I'm not mistaken, and he talked about the idea of, like, movie theaters being, like, the only place that you can really get, like, just a group of, not the only place, but it's just a unique place where you can just get a group of people you never met each other in your entire life to just sit in the dark together quietly and just watch a movie, right? Like, it is so the the aura to be able to experience those feelings and emotions that the movie gives you with other people, um, the great quality sound the great quality uh, screen and things like that image Uh, it's a really great experience sort of thing but covid has forced a lot of people to stay inside their house uh, and now you've given them the benefit of no longer having to go out to see your movies because it's like instead of waiting that three months which listen three months is a long time Uh, We're definitely very much a culture of, like, I want it now sort of thing. Um, Three months compared to a month and a half, I do think would certainly help your box office. It definitely would also help just the legs, potentially, of your movie. Now, look, if you're, like, a month and a half and you're realizing, man, my movie's just not making anything or, you know, we're so close to breaking even. If I can just keep this movie in theaters for, like, another two, three weeks to get my movie over the hump, like, that kind of stuff – certainly matters from time to time so I do find it interesting that Kevin Smith picks up the idea that it's like the turnaround that we have these movies you're in and out like honestly like when I'm going through my AMC theaters um, tab uh, you know my app and stuff trying to see what's coming out soon like I'm looking for movies and I'm like oh shit it's out of theaters already because they're just popping movies in man just boom just short release window sort of thing and it's like these are movies I personally would like to experience on the big screen Um, And again, this is somebody that prefers to go out to the movie theaters instead of waiting for it to certainly come at home. But that's a problem for me, too, is that sometimes they just come across so incredibly quickly that they're in and out before I know it. But for some people, they love that idea of being able, why do I want to spend my money on this when I can just watch it at home? Hear what people think about it and then get my opportunity to check it out here within not even months, like not even like a full two months. Uh, and that's a little bit bananas to me, but um I, I do think again, not the reason, but certainly one of the reasons that certainly uh you know add up to all of that. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting um and considering the fact that I literally just talked about the idea that the release window is so incredibly small these days, um comic book or excuse me coming soon dot net also had an article this week saying movies need more time in theaters to connect with audiences. It says we stand at a a cinematic crossroad folks movies no longer possess the power they once wielded in the days when jurassic park and star wars captivated audience for a month on end despite playing on regular size theater screens with the surge of technology enabling average consumers to own an 85 inch tv and an incredible 7.2 surround system only the most grandiose event films can entice you to leave the comfort of your homes and venture into theaters strewn with pop Popcorn litter and sticky floors. And trust me, you don't even need that setup to just want to stay home and watch a movie. Okay. They picture it like everybody's got an 85 inch TV. No, no, no. Somebody just, some people just love the cover of their home to just sit down and watch a movie. So you got to entice us to certainly come back. It says, sure, we witness record breaking blockbusters Top Gun Maverick, Sword Pass, 700 million avatar ways of water 2.5 billion in ticket sales super mario pass 1.3 worldwide 1.3 billion mind you and across the spider-verse already ranked in nearly 500 million dollar worldwide i think i think spider-man uh across spider-verse is now across 600 but i could be wrong there um it says, this summer, movies are clashing, competing for a fleeting moment in the spotlight before being regulated to the cheaper seats or dumped onto video. Across the Spider-Verse only had a two-week stint on IMAX before Transformers Rise of the Beasts ousted it. Then The Flash arrived a week later, pushing Optimus Prime to the darker corners of the cineplexes. Hopefully you had a chance to catch it on IMAX during opening weekend because the opportunity came and went faster than the minion can swim a dipper. Okay. And it gets worse. Indiana Jones uh, in in, uh, Dial of Destiny is now in theaters, followed closely by Mission Impossible, Oppenheimer, Barbie, and The Haunted Mansion. It's been a fair share of controversy surrounding Cruz's action thriller and Christopher Nolan's highly anticipated biography, both demanding viewers to see them on the largest screens possible to fully appreciate their grandeur. However, only a few weeks separate these two big budget features. They will undoubtedly make money. But slower viewers striving to avoid the masses will be left behind, forcing them to spend their hard earned money to watch Dead Reckoning on regular formats. The same goes for Oppenheimer, which faces tough competition with Barbie and might see its screen, its IMAX screen snatched by Haunted Mansion, the Meg, or one of the other August releases on that schedule. Um, and they do talk about the idea of COVID being one of the reasons. Um, certainly, for that logjam at the movie theaters. Um, talking about the idea of COVID having really pushed back a lot of these release dates, us wondering why are they certainly um, releasing a lot of these big budget films next to each other? Because, and honestly, they're really cannibalizing one another. Uh, you got people wanting, having people go certainly catch a movie um, uh, one weekend. Um, having to go back and maybe wanting to catch another movie, but they wanted to see it on a particular screen, but now that they can't, because another movie has just kind of come in and certainly taken away from that. Um, so a lot of pieces, it says this still doesn't explain though, why like F- fast X, the little mermaid, Spider-Man transformers, the flash and Indian and Jones were released in such close proximity. I understand that the summer is a movie season, but if Hollywood wants people to experience these event films on the largest screens possible, it needs to provide more time for them to do so. Instead of releasing five films targeting the same audience, why not stagger the big tentpole releases and offer counter-programming? Release Spider-Man, then two weeks later, Jennifer Lawrence's comedy No Hard Feelings, a film that won't require larger screens. Then release Transformers alongside Wes Anderson's Asteroid City. Let them simmer for a while before unveiling The Flash and Indie. Uh, Hollywood used to be more strategic. Now it feels like a there's a high-budget premium release popping up every week. Uh, and I definitely feel that way. I definitely feel that way. There's so much more to it, honestly, uh, than that. But I definitely would recommend if you guys want to go ahead and check out that article, please go ahead and do so. Um, you know, they do talk about the idea, too. It's like, you know, back in the day, we used to have ourselves movies like Jurassic Park and Avatar that had like months in theaters, months, like like almost almost six months, if not longer, uh, for some of these movies being in, in theaters. But the times have changed. Um, movie theaters, uh, movies just do not hit that way. But I do think that COVID certainly did add to a lot of the logjam jam that we see here. A lot of that pushed that stuff back. People wanting to hold on releasing their movies um, instead of just dropping them on streaming services. Because at the end of the day, you got to make some mo- some money back on those movies uh, that you went ahead and made. And so um, you had to release them as soon as you possibly could when movie theaters certainly open. Um, and yet you still want to position yourself to go ahead and drop uh, um your movie in a, a good time but the idea of them being so close together yeah that certainly will cannibalize one another you know i personally used to think the idea of like a two week gap certainly was enough that you wouldn't want to stagger them on top of each other but it still even feels like if you have a movie that's out for like just two weeks on the big screen before another one comes in, uh, you're still sort of like committing—I don't want to say committing suicide on your movie—but you're not giving it the opportunity it needs to just fully be digested by the audience, right? I almost think you know if you're going to be using something like an IMAX screen, I don't want to say look, you got to have a um, uh, maybe a month a month time on the IMAX. Uh, to let it really digest uh, before bringing in another big sort of tentpole movie um, at least a month, I would say, on the big screen. But that would then, you know, if it's only for IMAX, you know, just don't put them two weeks next to each other uh, when it when you know what I mean, Uh, when it comes to like summertime. So I do think a lot of the release schedule has certainly been thrown off. uh, And a lot of these movies are just eating away uh, at each other. And the fact that they are very similar in audiences certainly doesn't help either. So, uh, you know, I, I do hope that things go back to being a little bit more strategic because you just can't be piled up on one another anymore. Like you really have to sort of spread yourself a lot thinner than what they certainly are doing. But that's why it feels like even the summer movie time period feels like it's actually gotten a little bit longer like when i used to think of like the summertime movies i would think of like maybe may to like the end of like august or something like that but now it feels very much like summer blockbuster season has turned into like march to august and they just try and like just jam everything within that time period um like you're getting people off of like spring break sort of momentum and like that feels like it's become part of like just that time period when you want to just throw everything together but it's like look man sometimes you're just gonna have to make better movies and just really hope that you know, for a month of September or a month of October or November, that you have a really good outing. Now, I know it's more difficult for some people to see these movies during different time periods, uh, wherever you certainly may live at. So that might certainly cut into your box office, but you definitely got to work on spreading this out. Them being piled on, on top of each other, them all certainly being for like the same audiences, it's just not doing it right now. And I think, again, when you're already trying to get people to come out to the movie theaters um you know you're you're putting i guess maybe it's the idea of too many options uh in front of their faces and then the movies on top of that are just already expensive so you know they got to figure out look there are three great movies that are coming out within three to four weeks of each other i literally can maybe only afford to go to one of them because not everybody's got like an amc membership right so it's like you got to put your hard-earned money to like one of those movies, and then maybe wait a couple other weeks before you get the opportunity to see it. But maybe you wanted to see it on the IMAX, and now it's not on the IMAX anymore. And now you're just thinking to yourself, "Well, fuck it, I'm just gonna wait for it to be released on on." home theater just watch it at home sort of thing right like it all plays into one another uh and you can see how that would certainly have a deterrent effect on uh, a detrimental defect uh a detrimental effect on something like the box office um so i just thought it was pretty interesting you know um I, I wish that people would talk about it in the sense of here are several options and several reasons as to why the box office certainly might not, instead of just focusing on the idea, like it's definitely got to be this, but no, I, I definitely do think it's um, a plethora of things. And I think um, this article alone, Kevin Smith certainly pointed out uh, quite a few. So uh, yeah. And I think again, if anything also do think that idea of a instead of a 90 day release window, you've now turned to uh, 45 days. So yeah, um, definitely uh, keeps it less in the theaters. Ram Jim says like people just waiting for movies on streaming than actually going to the movies is what I'm trying to say. Oh, okay. Yeah. In regards to the burnout. Um, yeah. Some people definitely just want to stay at home uh, and certainly watch it. But again, I think if you go back to the 90 day period and look, I-, I will say this, I don't know how much it has benefited um streaming services from getting movies as early as they do there's something in me that says i want to say bob Iger plans on maybe changing that because i think the focus has turned to streaming services um and i think bob Iger is realizing maybe the the limits of that um and sees bigger money still back in the theatrical experience, and so um, I don't want to say as Disney goes, everybody else goes, but I I would be interesting to to know if you know Bob Iger sees theatrical as more important than his streaming, and will then change course to kind of go back to the more traditional ways that it was of longer release windows um, between from when it drops in the movie theaters and having more of a traditional run in theaters before coming to the streaming service because then if you ask me i do think that that then in turn makes your streaming service even more valuable because there still will be hungry people that will then have had to have waited like three months for this movie to come out and when it comes out it's a much bigger event i feel like Than when it is released so incredibly close to its movie release date. You know what I mean? So I am kind of curious to see what Bob Iger does in regards to changing course. um, Or if, um, and I think even like, look, I'm really not the biggest David Zaslav fan as much as I certainly used to be. But I think even he um, is maybe changing course a little bit more um, to pushing the theatrical Um, side of things a little bit more um, still having his focus on the the big dcu characters but we'll see Uh, Frankie says and if you have movie going kids it's more but agree it's it's uh, but agree it's a lot of things yeah oh yeah absolutely Frankie Um, and again it's also the idea that these movie budgets are if I had and also if I had to add to anything I think it's the movie budgets also. I think the movie budgets that they put towards these movies are just astronomical. And the box office is just not in a position to support all these big budget movies all at once. Um, And so the idea of them raising these budgets for this film in turn then does raise the price of a movie ticket. Um, and thus getting more out of your pocket, making the movie going experience that much more difficult. Um, and then you're really cutting off people from being able to have this movie going experience. And a lot of people just aren't going because you're spending like 80 bucks, a hundred dollars, just literally for like one family outing. Uh, and I, that might be a softball number for some families, depending on how many kids you certainly might have. So, um, Again, the budgets for these movies have to go down. You know, Indiana Jones and the Dollar Destiny budget is reported at $295 million. Now, look, (laughs) um, the de-aging wasn't that great. Um, You know, I personally enjoyed the film. I really did. I agree with audiences and critics for sure. I would definitely recommend seeing the film for yourself for sure. Um, But $295 million to make that movie? Uh, I get the globe trotting and the you know the adventuring across you know different locales and stuff but ain't no way ain't no way Disney honestly thought they were gonna recoup that money. <laughs> ain't no way. 295 million dollars um, these movies are just way too expensive and they're definitely not gonna a lot of these movies are just not barely even gonna break even these days. You know, I think we definitely I think movie theaters definitely need to rein in the wallet a little bit. I think you can make just as good of a movie on a one hundred million dollar budget um, if you want to really push the envelope one hundred and fifty million and just cross your fingers. <laughs> but once you cross over the boundaries of one hundred and fifty million, then you are just you're just asking for like suicide. Like you're just asking for like your company to have some debt on its hands. Um, and so I just I definitely do think that they need to reel back. Because uh, I do think you could still make really great films uh, on a manageable budget. Um, yeah, man, because uh, these movies are just way too expensive. Let me just look at the recent box office right now, okay? So, like, let's see here. I'm going to go as far back as... So Fast X, let's go Fast X. Overall, the movie's made $702 million. You definitely know they probably wanted a billion out of that. And I think that actually might be a drop off from the previous Fast movie. I could be wrong, but uh, $702 million. Okay, not bad let's just say not bad right guardians of the galaxy 3 pretty impressive 839 million dollars i feel like that's probably the most impressive that's actually the highest guardians of the galaxy movies ever made um that franchise that trilogy financially just kept going up in its entire trilogy james gunn definitely delivered there the flash 261 million Uh, this movie costs like 300 million dollars for them to make um On top of the idea of marketing, they pushed the hell out of this movie. I wouldn't be surprised if they added an additional 100 million on top of that um, on the production of this movie, also. So I'm talking about maybe 400 million dollars might have been the budget for The Flash. Who knows? But this movie made 261 million. They're definitely going to be losing a ton of money. Little Mermaid, 542 million. Listen, they probably expected this movie to make a billion dollars. Um, I actually think considering the circumstances the box office finds itself in, I think that's pretty damn good uh for The Little Mermaid. But definitely again, not um not uh this movie probably did make a little bit of a budget or at least maybe broke even. Um what else we got here? Transformers rise of the beast, four hundred and seven million dollars. That might even be less than what uh Bumblebee did. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I actually, thought, I actually thought this movie made more money than it did, but $642 million. Um, with all the hype around it, um, although I do think it's getting banned and maybe some. Um, let me go ahead and pull this up here for you guys so you guys can see the numbers I'm looking at here, too. Six hundred forty-two million dollars, still great outing. I don't think it. I don't remember what's. Um, I don't remember what the first um, Into the Spider Verse made, and then in Indiana Jones right now two hundred forty-seven million dollars. It's actually more than I thought it was uh, was at. But um, again, this movie has, hasn't even broken even yet. So um, yeah, man. And again, they're all on top of one another, just cannibalizing each other. Um, and then you just had Insidious that came out, did like 30, $30 million dollars at the box office, um, took away from what might have been a, a decently good weekend for Indiana Jones. I think actually probably did relatively well, but it came second or maybe it just barely creeped by to, to go ahead and make first. Um, but I, I really enjoyed uh, I enjoyed Indiana Jones. It's not a perfect film uh, and it's not a um, a perfect Indiana Jones movie. It might be my third, might be my fourth favorite out of five. (laughs) Um, But that doesn't mean that it's a bad film. Uh, I enjoyed it. Some people probably thought it was kind of slow, maybe a little bit boring for them. That's fair. Um, But for me, you know, I had a really good adventurous time. Uh, I really enjoyed um, what we had, the characters and the chemistry, I thought was really great, really strong. Um, It's a movie that I honestly would think, more people would certainly go be, go to see because I feel like word of mouth has been pretty good. Uh, and so I am kind of curious if Indiana Jones has legs, if it kind of surprises. Uh, again, I don't necessarily expect them to go ahead and um, – if anything, I don't expect them to um, – um, well, I, I'm hoping that they keep it in movie theaters, honestly. I, I don't expect them to – uh, make a profit off of this movie but they can come at least maybe break even i think that would be pretty cool for indiana jones and harrison ford's last outing but uh, we'll definitely see but uh, yeah the box office right now is definitely uh, in a little bit of a slump a little bit of a slump so it should be interesting to kind of see what uh, changes in trajectory a lot of these studios if if they make any changes uh, in course going forward but uh, let me know your guys' thoughts do you have any other suggestions as to i think we pointed out at least three to four different really great reasons as to everything how it's kind of all maybe comes together and really affects the box office a little bit more um so yeah guys let us know your thoughts in the comment section box below uh what else we got we got two more topics Okay, let's see here. Next up for you guys, um, Zack Snyder's back in the news. Um, you know we just highlighted last week we did a little bit of a rebel moon preview for you guys um, as Zack Snyder um, Empire magazine did a huge um, magazine issue for them Um, and you know anytime Empire magazine does anything big you can expect at least like three to four sort of articles that wind up dropping some exclusive images and things like that so um, it's back to back weeks man rebel moon is in the news as this uh, Netflix uh, upcoming movie can continues to be on a hype train, uh, getting uh, some eyes on it for sure. Uh, and we also got ourselves sell some brand new exclusive images for you guys that we're going to be diving into here in just a minute. But look, I will say I am kind of glad that we've started talking about this a little bit more. Um, this has kind of been off my radar um, until the past couple of weeks when it's really been getting some, some shine. Um, the images have been looking fantastic. And the more and more I hear about what Zack Snyder is doing with this world, the more fascinated i become. You know, I love really well thought out world building. Like I'm just a sucker for that type of stuff. It, it could be why I love things like Lord of the Rings and Star Wars and just a big canonical long timelines. Right. A big established lore that's been built. George R, R. Martin level type of stuff. You know what I mean? I love really being able to sink my teeth into a world. And so the fact that Zack Snyder seemingly has done that when it comes to Rebel Moon and the building of this universe really does fascinate me. So I wanted to go ahead and highlight this a little bit more um, because he goes ahead and talks about it in here. Let me go ahead and actually pull up a brand new um, exclusive image. I believe this is actually Ray Fisher who played Cyborg in Justice League. Um, He's teaming up with Zack Snyder once again to certainly have a role uh, in this upcoming movie. Um, But uh, Empire Magazine has this article. Let me go ahead and pull it up here for you guys so you can see as well. Uh, this is from Empire Magazine. It says, Zack Snyder has endless movie and TV plans for Rebel Moon. We can't really hit the bottom, is what he says. Um, it says, um, Zack Snyder has always thought big, and his original sci-fi saga will be no different. The director who curated his own corner of DC, who sent the heroes of Soccer Punch through multi-distinctive realities, and who saw a universe of stories that can, could emanate from his zombie tale army of the dead has a knack for creating expansive worlds that could pivot in all kinds of directions and Rebel Moon is packed with potential expansion. He says, as Snyder tells Empire, we know exactly where Rebel Moon could go with plans that extend far beyond these two movies. When I pitched it to Netflix, the scale was a thing they wanted. Um, He says, they were like, well, how big could it be? How many movies that made me go, okay? if we really want to do this and can sink our teeth pretty deep into this, we can't really hit the bottom. Um, And it says he's not kidding. The director penned a 450 page Rebel Moon Bible detailing all kinds of lore and backstories pertaining to the evil Imperium. He has an expansive timeline that expands long before and after the two current films. Uh, He says, this is the small board. Uh, The big board is over at my office on the hill. It's three times the size of this. Uh, And he says, and all will be well. Much of it could end up on the big screen. Uh, Plans have been mooted for a TV series uh, which could explore the history of, of uh, Freyfe's Balosaurus, the saga's real big bad. And in a proposed third film, audiences will finally get to visit, well, the Rebel Moon. Uh, he says, the Rebel Moon is not the moon that they're on, Snyder clarifies. The title was conceptual, but there's a planet named Vana, and Vana is the Rebel Moon. And it's not even in one shot of this particular movie. Um, so it looks as though this place, uh, this uh, could certainly be huge. Um, and again, I think for me, I, I look, I I really dig Zack Snyder's imagination. Um, it may not be for everybody. His style certainly may not be for everybody. I definitely get it. I, I feel like when you watch a Zack Snyder film, he has such a style. that's very distinctive that it's like, this is a Zack Snyder film. Uh, And some people are turned off by that. Some people absolutely love it. Um, But I'm a big fan of seeing just where his imagination certainly takes him. And so the fact that we've got a Zack Snyder here who's not afraid to admit, look at this, 450 pages. I love the level of commitment, man. Like, I love the level of commitment that he's taken for this. Um, I hope that the time and the well thought outness of it all comes across uh, over the big screen or the small screen, if you will in a big way. Um, It is almost one of those things where it's like, if it's super successful on Netflix, I would be kind of curious to see if Netflix would even consider maybe releasing this in theaters. If it's received so incredibly well, maybe I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself there. Um, But I kind of dig that idea that um, Netflix wanted to go big. Uh, I think the fact that their interest is very much on world building. Uh, I feel like if you look at a lot of the, Uh, recent Netflix acquisitions of things that they want to do. I mean, they're looking for long-term planning, right? The Witcher, where you can jump in and out of – you know um movies a uh, limited series uh, animated series um you know even same thing with power rangers right um young adult series kids programming animated series possibly movies in the future sort of thing um netflix wants to go big they love their world building because uh, look i'm sure they want to be able to Make a fortune for as long as they possibly can. Right. So you probably want long term, well thought out stuff on uh, Zack Snyder's life. Boom. Check out my 450 page Rebel Moon Bible. Um, and I think for me, that is just super fascinating um, to to know that he's put uh, that level of work and commitment behind uh rebel moon to where look if if we want to go into the future uh if we want some prequels if you want to turn this into like hey have we got a television series why not like i'm still waiting for his army of the dead uh stuff to really capitalize on itself i think he made he dropped the army of the dead and then there was like a spin-off movie from the army of the dead of like one of the side characters but i know he's got more in that world maybe this is him launching off this project and then maybe he'll go back to something like um his army of the dead which is a movie i i definitely enjoyed especially when it comes to just a zombie film in and of itself Um, So I I really appreciate Zack Snyder's uh, style, uh, and I love the fact that he takes just really big sort of creative swings. Sometimes it doesn't um, always hit with everybody. Sometimes it does, but um, that's what I appreciate about his uh, filmmaking experience. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for it, guys. But look, let me know your thoughts in regards to this. Um, You know, the details uh, and the idea of him having to go 450 pages um, and really plan this stuff out. For me, I think that's just uh, a super key to making your world and your story feel very lived in. You know, like this is generations of people that have a a long, long, fruitful and deep past uh, wars that have taken place sort of thing. Uh, You know, knowing that sort of knowledge and then being able to see that brought on screen definitely for me at least heightens that kind of experience and really transports me to that world. So I I really appreciate just sort of that uh, that further level and depth that he certainly uh, adds to his world. But uh, yeah, guys, let me know your thoughts on Rebel Moon. The more that you hear about it, are you more excited for it? Are you still cautious about it? You'll give it a shot. Let me know. Uh, Frankie says, sounds perfect for Zack Snyder's. Yeah, I I totally agree, man. It sounds definitely right up uh, Zack Snyder's alley. And it feels like he's having a really fun time sort of bringing this uh, world to um, uh, bringing this world of his to life. So, um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing when that drops. Um, and then we got one more topic for you guys as we wrap things up, and then we'll get into your guys' live viewer questions for the day. Um, Barbie <laughs> is set to go ahead and drop soon. Um, you know, listen, I'm actually kind of excited for Barbie. Um, you know, when it was announced, I didn't really think anything of it. Uh, Margot Robbie attached to it definitely perked my ears. Ryan Goslin attached to it certainly parked my ears a little bit more. seeing how the cast filled out. I'm like, what kind of movie are we getting? And then that trailer hit and it was just like, okay, I think I'm uh, I think you've got me on board. Um, I definitely would like to see this movie. Um, it's gonna be directed by Greta Gerwig. Uh, name sounds super familiar to me. But I don't know what is some of her other work that she's done. So I am going to go ahead and bring up her IMBD here real quick uh, and see what she's been working on. Because she is currently in the news. Uh, Let me see. As director. What has she directed? Uh, Little Women ladybird and nights and weekends uh little women i think actually might have gotten nominated uh for a couple of awards i don't know if it if it got um yeah i believe that movie actually got nominated for a couple of awards if i'm not mistaken um ladybird i don't know if i've actually seen ladybird but i've heard tons of things about that movie um Yeah, so Greta Gerwig is back in the news. She's tackling Barbie. She's got a movie that's set to come out in, well, like two weeks, three weeks or so. Um, So she's got a lot of momentum behind her, especially if um, Barbie does significantly well uh, at the box office. Um, But um, in an article very deep, And I had to go searching for this. I I went to the source uh, when it linked it to The New Yorker. Mm -hmm. But there's an article from The New Yorker uh, that is interviewing Greta Gerwig. uh, And it is deep in there. But um, apparently she's also going to be directing Chronicles of Narnia. Apparently there are two Narnia movies set to go ahead and release on Netflix. And uh, Greta Gerwig has been attached to them let's go ahead and pull this up here guys um because i find this pretty interesting here we go this is from ign.com uh greta gerwig to write and direct two narnia movies for netflix says Greta Gerwig has secured a deal with Netflix to write and direct two movies based on the C.S. Lewis, The Chronicles of Narnia. After playing dress up in Barbie's closet to bring the world's most famous doll to life with Margot Robbie, Um, Gerwig is ready to step foot into a very different kind of wardrobe uh, to explore a world of fantasy and magic. According to a recent profile piece in The New Yorker, Gerwig will helm at least two Narnia movies for Netflix as part of the streamers' long gestating plans to bring the beloved Chronicles of Narnia series to life through multiple movies and TV shows. Netflix announced its multi-year deal with the C.S. Lewis company back in October of 2018 and later enlisted Coco co-writer Matthew Aldridge as the creative architect overseeing the development of all movies and shows adapted for C.S. Lewis's um, Narnia universe. So Netflix is pretty invested in this. Um, This isn't like, hey, let's just make some movies. They literally have the Coco co writer as the creative architect of really building this world out, if you will, um, what movies do you start off with? Um, what do are all the books going to turn into movies? Uh, are you going to take some move, some books that you feel might be adaptable more for television shows to kind of play a significant role in this Narnia universe? That's pretty fascinating. So they've already have a multi year deal. Uh, and so I would assume if Coco co-writer Matthew Aldrich is the creative creator. He clearly sees something in Greta Gerwig uh, that could help bring this to life. It says, in addition to Aldrich, Mark Gordon, Douglas Gresham, and Vincent Cyber are currently set to serve as executive producers on the movie and producers of the shows. Though it's unclear which Narnia story uh, Netflix will adapt first. Um most uh, recent series, we did have a line, Witch in the Wardrobe, uh, back in 2005. There were plans for a fourth movie, The Silver Chair, to come out, uh, and even had Joe Johnston attached as a director for production company Walden Media, let its rights uh, lapse in 2018, and Netflix snatched them up. Um, yeah, I think we had The Lion of Witch in the Wardrobe. I remember seeing Prince Caspian. There was a third one, but I don't recall ever having seen that um but i believe all in all they're like seven c.s lewis um narnia books um and so yeah i'm kind of curious to see like what gets adapted to film i gotta think lion which in a wardrobe winds up getting uh adapted again um maybe that and prince caspian um but i would be curious to see if they go a different route you know, um, I was just kind of curious, like, because I, I did some research earlier today about C.S. Lewis and Narnia, and if there was like a chronological order, like how it was published. And Lion's Witch in a Ro- Wardrobe is published first. Um, so it is the first book that was released by C.S. Lewis. But I believe that there's a the magical... Damn, I can't remember what the name of the movie, the name of the book was. But apparently there was a book that was technically a prequel to The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. So I am curious if they would dare to start off their Narnia adventure with sort of like this other prequel book that C.S. Lewis wrote and then lead into The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. Or if you get, because Greta Gerwig, she's she's definitely doing The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe for sure. Um, and so I would be kind of curious if they lead off with that or if they lead off with something unknown to maybe be a little bit more fresh. But I don't think it's like we've had reboots after reboots after reboots of Narnia. So I do think that you could get away with doing like another Lion Witch in the Wardrobe uh, movie um, and kicking that off. And then, yeah, maybe not turning every book into, um, Maybe not turning every book into a movie. Uh, maybe some of those books can be turned into TV series. But I'm kind of excited about this. I think Greta Gerwig is a great act, uh, a great director, um, and she's had to write and direct this. Um, so I am really eager to kind of see what she, um, what she winds up bringing to the table. Uh, and I think if um, Barbie is certainly successful, it's just certainly more eyes uh, on it. And I, I do think you look at something like Barbie compared to the other movies that she's done before um she definitely has range you know she could definitely do like different films um and so i i would be interested to kind of see how she brings sort of that fantastical and magical sort of world to life uh, a little bit more so yeah man give it to me look you kind of blended in already like the idea of like the real world sort of crossing over into like a completely different realm, right? I mean, I don't think it's that far different from what they're doing with the Barbie movie already, kind of taking somebody from a magical land and placing them sort of in the real world. This would just be a little bit more reversed, right? So she already has that sort of idea of like, being able to work with that sort of concept of a story. And she'll definitely bring sort of her own flair to it as well. So uh, I'm excited for it. Um, I I remember seeing the Narnia movies. Again, I think I only watched the first two. I really enjoyed the first one. I think I've seen that fairly multiple times. Um, Prince Caspian I might have only seen maybe once or twice in my life. But I, I always wanted more. I, I definitely was um, uh, eager that they brought those books certainly to life. But uh, I, I definitely do think that there's just more meat on the bone for sure uh, for Narnia to, to really be a big hit, uh, especially if you, you're, you're doing it right. And again, the fact that they have a creative architect for this world and you're already bringing in Greta Gerwig to do two movies for you. Yeah, man, you're trying to knock this out of the park. Um, so, yeah, Netflix is definitely up to some big things here. narnia um constantly being delayed whether it's a reboot or continuation is similar to avatar where it became a meme of being delayed constantly yeah that's a little bit of a bummer but i'm really hoping that this um turns itself around for sure um so yeah um i definitely plan on checking out barbie uh i have Oppenheimer certainly on my list i probably will see Oppenheimer first before i see barbie but uh i'm really rooting for them both uh, i hope they're both great movies um and uh we'll see man i do think that they will attract Two different audiences. Um, but look, look at me. I'm, I'm blending over for sure. I definitely want to see um, both of those movies. But um, yeah, hopefully, uh, it, hopefully Greta Gerwig has a good outing and we get ourselves a good Narnia movie. I think it's time, right? I think it's time for a good Narnia movie. Um, all right, guys. With that, that will wrap up our main topics for the day, guys. So thank you so much for certainly joining me, man. But um, I think you guys know what time it is. It's time for live viewer questions. 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 And we're back, y'all. Uh, it's live viewer question time. Again, if you ever want to submit a live viewer question, feel free to do so. Go over to our YouTube channel. Click on that community tab. And there'll be a live viewer question post for you guys, usually posted sometime late in the week, sometimes the day before. (laughs) Uh, Let me go ahead and pull this up here. You know what? It would actually help if I actually brought up the uh, questions. Sometimes it's uh, pretty difficult producing this show behind the scenes. Community tab. There we go. Pull this up here. All right, all right, all right. There we go. You there, we good? Um, yeah, that's what I want. Okay. All right. We got six questions today. I appreciate you guys coming through with some questions. Let's sort this by newest first. All right. Um, Jessica Friedman. Uh, Would you like to see Jordan get a Superboy suit in season four of Superman and Lois? And is there truth to the rumor that the In Space cast wants to do an MMP or wants an always uh, reunion special? Oh, have they said that? Um, That I have not heard. Um, But unfortunately, you know, Jessica, I, I, you know, I'm still on Twitter. Uh, I don't know if I am that in tune with Power Ranger rumors and behind the scenes stuff as I used to be since I haven't really follow haven't really been doing my A plus more phenomenal channel as much anymore. But um I hadn't heard of that unless that's something that's just pretty recent. If you guys are in the chat, if you have heard that at all um, about the in space cast wanting to do an MMPR once and always reunion special. Let me know, cause I think that would be dope. I look, I, I don't think it's ever gonna happen. Uh, maybe a fun, maybe a GoFundMe. <laughs> um, you know, maybe they can go ahead and do a Kickstarter. Uh, to kind of put something like that together. I know Kickstarters and Power Ranger fans don't really go very well. Um, I hope um people that did the Kickstarter for Legend of the White Dragon. I hope that they certainly get everything that was promised to them for all their hard contributions for sure. Um, but I, you know, I think Hasbro is ready to, to move on. I think they're probably, if they are going to do another once and always, it's probably going to be with them. Um, MMPR team if they do the special like that, but honestly, I would love to see it in space once and all uh, once and always style for sure i would love to see it, but i don't think it's going to happen uh as far as um jo- uh, jordan getting the superboy suit in season 4 um yeah why not i think i think fans probably want to see it um you know it's going to be very limited i don't know who all is like main cast returning for superman and lois you know they've had to take a lot of the um, cast regulars and turn them into supporting cast members. Um, so I don't know who's really going to be getting a lot of attention and focus on such a small, was a 10 episode run of um, season four for Superman and Lois, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how it, um, w- what they wind up doing with that. But uh, I would love to see it. You know, if they're f- that far along, why not? Uh, let's see here, Marcelino. Um, when, Legends decide, when Legends of Tomorrow decided, when uh, Legends of Tomorrow decided to become a comedic sitcom show, you constantly said that it wasn't something you were invested in, uh, and just left it at that. You never went to the point of debating people who love that nature. However, Venom is the opposite. Venom, like Legends, is embracing this comedic nature, and there are people who like it that way, but you are willing to debate and die on a hill against people who love it and express your thoughts that you expect the Venom movie to be serious and not, not dumb fun. Can you explain why you're so passionate for a Venom to deviate away from it being a comedy movie when you didn't put that same passion arguments towards Legends when it became very comedic? Um, I don't know if that's a accurate depiction of my my point of view um you know i don't if look if you i always say look i the one thing that i am oh i might be i might be passionate about the idea of like venom um being forced to be a anti-hero and comedy act you know i may be passionate about the idea i'm not a fan that i i i'm just not a fan of that movie but I always tell people all the time, like, I'm not here to yuck up your yum. Like, if you liked Venom, that's awesome. Like, I'm glad that you like Venom. Like, I wish, like, I true to God, like, I will wish that that movie hit me the way that it hit some people. I wanted that movie to hit me differently. It just didn't. Um. So, for me, I don't have a problem with people that love their movies. If they love Venom, that's cool. They can be as passionate about how good they thought Venom would be. That's awesome. I just like being passionate about how disappointed I was when it comes to Venom. But I I would never judge anybody in a sense, like, if you love that movie, that's cool. But for me, no, I would never yuck on anybody's yum. But I will express my displeasure. Um, As far as my arguments towards Legends, when it became very comedic, I mean, I guess maybe because I just wasn't as invested um, in Legends of Tomorrow. I think i got maybe two good seasons out of it right um and kind of thought that they were going in a particular path and they just went to a place that i didn't really care for anymore um so i guess for me it's because my best investment like i've been a comic book nerd my whole entire life um and so i've come to view venom in a particular light. You know what I mean? Let's just tomorrow was very much just an amalgamation of characters that just went ahead and threw together uh, and just kind of put together and created a show. Uh, So I think that maybe it's the investment, but I would never tell anybody, hey, don't, uh, don't, don't dig a movie. Uh, You know what I mean? Um, So look, if you enjoyed Venom, that's cool. I think for me, I've just had such an investment in the character since I was a young kid that saw him portrayed in a particular kind of light. And I just think it would be a really cool, creative way of just doing something different than going the the route of anti-hero and making it overly comedic, you know, because I've just never associated Venom certainly with that. So I think maybe that's why I'm a little bit more passionate than I am a show that I literally only saw for two seasons with a group of characters that were kind of all thrown together. Um, So, yeah, I think it just hits differently. Uh, Some people said that they didn't need the Harley Quinn subplot in James Gunn's Suicide Squad because it felt like filler and it added nothing to the main plot. I personally liked the Harley Quinn subplot. Me, too. Uh, I knew it wasn't going to change Harley Quinn much or add anything to the main plot. But sometimes I just want a break from the main plot and just want some little filler. Your thoughts? And I don't even necessarily look at it as filler. I mean, she literally killed the, the main guy. Um, she got the job done. She might have gone about it in a very <laughs> unorthodox way for sure. But I think for me, I think that just also showed her personality. Like, I, I, I don't look at it as filler if I think it does something for a character. And I think for Harley Quinn, it gave her something to do. I thought it was pretty fucking cool how she pulled that off. I thought it was a great speech she gives before the kills the kills the guy. Um, I think it establishes her at least uh, once again, as this is why she she's fucking crazy. Like, it's it's a very Harley Quinn thing. Um, And I don't think there's I don't really view that as. um, I just didn't really view it as filler. But, um, you know, some people did. That's that's cool. Um, but I thought Harley Quinn was a great part of it. So look, personally, like you, I I liked her subplot. Um, let's see here, Peg C. What are your thoughts on Jennifer Garner returning as Elektra in Deadpool? Like, I'm here for it, man. You know, I'm I'm wondering if I want to go back and watch the original Deadpool. It's been I literally have only seen that movie once. Um, maybe it was like on replay or on TV at one point in time, and I might have watched it. A, for a few minutes, but I've never really revisited that film. Um, so I, you know, it definitely makes me interested to revisit Deadpool. I don't know if you're going to get me to watch Electra also, but um, maybe I'll at least revisit daredevil. Excuse me. That's say Deadpool. Maybe I'll actually revisit daredevil. Uh, but I'm I, I am excited not just for Jennifer Garner too. I mean I haven't really watched her in much. I don't know what she's currently doing right now for her career. Um, but it, for me, it's at least cool to kind of see her back. And again, I am hoping that this is just a floodgate for other of uh, these other confirmed rumors of people popping up from the Fox Marvel universe potentially being in this movie also. So um, yeah, it looks like it's gonna be some more multiversal fun for sure. So hopefully done right. Uh, Have you heard news about TMNT Last Ronin be adapted in a video game? What are your thoughts, and would you buy the game? I would buy the game, but I haven't heard about that. Um, I mean, if they uh, – he says, have you heard about the news? So I'm assuming they have announced that. Um, um, I just know pretty much the synopsis and the premise of TMNT Last Ronin. But I'm here for it. So, yes, I would absolutely buy the game. <laughs> you don't even have to tell me too much. I would be curious to see, like, just the style of what it looks like um, graphics-wise. But um, the idea of just TMNT Last Ronin as a comic book I thought was badass. Um, so, yeah, I, I would definitely buy it as a game for sure. And that is one side, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I am really pumped for TMNT mutant mayhem i I know for some people that might turn them off but i am fascinated in them really embracing the teenage concept how much fun that and energetic this movie looks like it's going to be just pumping into my veins at all times like i i expect this movie to be just insane in like the the best possible ways right um but don't get me wrong there's also a part of me that would really like like a dark tmnt story in some capacity, too. And whether that translates into comic books and video games, that's cool. But there is a part of me that like television show animated or even big screen, you know, I would like to go back to like classic TMNT, like black and white, like bring that sort of medium to the big screen in some form or another. I would love to see that really dived dive into. Um, so yeah blossom what do you uh when, for, from what you guys mentioned bridge and his habit of saying buttery when wiggling his fingers i had my pink ranger explain it as his well Tosa's kind of crumbly so it has a way of saying that Tosa's buttery in the crumbs, <laughs> the flavor flows like a river once it gets in your mouth hey dig it dig it remember clash of the red rangers how would you rewrite it Oh, God. It's been so long. Clash of the Red Rangers, I think I maybe have only seen once blossom. So I probably could not give you a good um, how I would rewrite it for sure. Um, This is why I need Stuart sometimes for me. Um, Dino Knights. Man, Dino Knights, you weren't playing around today. His essays. Why I think Jungle Fury is very under the radar. Okay, so an an underrated season. Um, I actually enjoyed Jungle Fury. Um, Yeah, I actually thought it was a pretty fun series. Um, It was the first series to be Kung Fu themed, which was pretty cool, which might be one of the reasons why I was a big fan, too. I love how the series starts off with three main rangers being students of the Pai Shua Academy. The guy, Jared, uh, who was originally going to be the Red Ranger, turned out to be a huge douchebag, or he was a bully to everyone around him, uh, even to... His sensei. He ultimately became the main bad guy by being possessed by the evil spirit named Dashi. Oh, I didn't even know he was originally going to be the Red Ranger. That's interesting. Um, The new kid, that's like... I feel like that's like a big difference between who you went with and who you had as Jared. That's fascinating to me. He also even became the bad guy. Oh, I, I, uh, the new cat at the academy, Casey, was chosen to be the Red Ranger instead. Uh, I like that he wasn't immediately accepted by Theo, the Blue Ranger, because he didn't have much experience as a student. Uh, we had a badass mentor with RJ. Yeah, I love RJ. Like as far as like top tier mentors, I I loved RJ as a mentor. Um, who was the owner of the pizza parlor where the rangers would work at and live. His base of operations was a studio apartment above the pizza parlor. RJ was so cool that he later became our first purple ranger in the franchise. Yeah, I loved, the, I loved his purple ranger in there, too. Very Muay Thai sort of um, inspired, I felt like. Um, uh, the morphers for the main rangers were really cool and unique. Um, by being sunglasses, which were the first original morphers and power Rangers for the main team after the titanium morpher in light speed. They were sunglasses instead of the clubs and gauntlets of the sentai source uh, material Gakkai ranger. That's right. They did switch up the morphing mechanism for that. Uh, we were later introduced by the fifth ranger, Dominic, who was the rhino ranger, uh, who was basically the white ranger. His morpher was a giant blade, which was super dope. Dominic himself was the heart of the team where he was actually an old friend of Jared when they were students at the academy he knew about Jared's upbringing and was the one to make Casey believe that Jared was actually a good person underneath his anger. I love that the main story of Jungle Fury was the Rangers trying to defeat Daishi, which will ultimately be Casey's destiny, which was to break Jared from Daishi's control and to prove uh, himself Uh, that he was fit to be the Paisa Master. Uh, The unexpected surprise of this series was that we were introduced to the Spirit Rangers, who were remotely controlled by the three Masters after being captured for a couple episodes. Um, Yeah, I did like the Spirit Rangers briefly. Um, I always... They were cool in concept. Um, I don't know if I like the design of all of them, though. But I did like the concept of the three Spirit Rangers. Uh, the teachers were masters uh, the masters were teachers at the academy themselves that three of the Rangers each got to train with throughout the series and learn new techniques, which also allowed the show to make proper sense with the kung Fu stuff in the Japanese footage. The Spirit Rangers themselves were power Rangers exclusives. I was gonna say that. I was like they felt very like original characters, like original Rangers. So I, wasn't, I couldn't quite remember, but thank you for clarifying that. The Spirit Rangers themselves were Power Rangers exclusive since, uh, since the Titanium Ranger, which the suits were really dope. Um, just like Ninja Storm, Dino Thunder, and Mystic Force, the show started off with three Rangers, and a Yellow Ranger Lily being the only female on the team. To wrap up, Jungle Fury really is under the radar. So many great things about it. While some people didn't enjoy it, you can fault the Sentai footage for being too heavy with martial arts and Japanese culture, but I personally think Jungle Fury was able to adapt the Sentai really, really well, especially during the Rider Strike as a result. Um, oh, that was during that Rider Strike also? Mm. That's impressive because I, I did I did enjoy Jungle Fury too. Different riders were forced to pick up where the show left off during the strike, though just watching this series as it went, you couldn't really tell anything was out of place. What do you think of the series and what Power Rangers season over Sentai you felt uh, very under the radar? 8 out of 10. Um, yeah, I might have given it a 7 out of 10 or a 7.5, but I don't blame you for doing an 8 for sure. Um, I mean, maybe if I go ahead and actually rewatch it again. Uh, it's been a few years since I rewatched it, but if I rewatched it again, I might actually end up giving it an 8. Um, but yeah, no, I always appreciated it and really had a fun time with that season. For anything, uh, any other Power Rangers seasons? Um, or sensei seasons I felt were under the radar. Um, I don't know if I felt like GoBusters used to be. I don't know if GoBusters, uh, has become. I, I don't know if it's become one like that because of Beast Morphers brought more attention to it. But I, I've always was a big fan of GoBusters, but I don't remember a lot of people talking too much about it before. Um beast morphers came on board um and then i felt like it started getting more of its recognition it kind of deserved um but that's how i used to feel about go busters i always enjoyed it but go busters always felt underrated to me um maybe i'm wrong though maybe i'm wrong um most talented man in the world what's up man what are some of your favorite sex scenes in movies and what do i like about them the sex uh no you know what um Favorite sex scenes. I don't know about favorite sex scenes, but I will say I do have a sex scene story. Um, I went with my friend Monica one time to go see, what was the second Matrix movie? Was it Matrix Reloaded or Matrix? I can't remember what the second, second Matrix movie was. But they're all down in the city celebrating, right? Like everybody's like, it's like a giant rave party. Um, and I just remember like everybody dancing, they're sweating, they're getting naked, they're having a good time. And then it gets to a scene of like, uh, Trinity and Neo and they start having sex. And I gotta tell you, man, you know, just, just being there with my friend, Monica, it was like so awkward. (laughs) It was just so awkward. Not as awkward as like being in the room with like your mom uh, or dad and like a steamy hot sex scene comes up. But uh, yeah, it was still kind of awkward. Uh, but when I think of like sex scenes and movies, like that's just like a core. I don't know why it's like a core memory in my life, um, but that that's one that pops up to me. Uh, you know how we've been getting tons of shows and movies, getting sequels and revivals. What do you think when someone who hates those things uh, rather pretend those never happened and just pretend the original is what it is, basically staying in the past like. We have 27 seasons of Power Rangers and they rather pretend as if MMPR was the only season that existed. Um, I mean, what do you think when someone who hates those things rather pretend those never happened? I mean, and just pretend the original is what it is basically staying in the past like we have. So, I guess for me, I would tackle this two different ways, okay? So, like, there are definitely people out there in the world that are, like, are tired of revivals, right? Like, oh, why can't Hollywood come up with original concepts anymore? Why do we keep getting only sequels and revivals? Like, they're still putting out original films, okay? People just don't go and see them. So regardless, like, I would ask these people, what was the last original film that you watched, man? When was the last time you actually went to a movie theater to see an original film and support it? Because there are original films out there. But the the realistic real, the realistic thing is people aren't going to see them. People still want to see reboots and revivals. That's just what audiences are going to see right now, okay? But there are always going to be people that are going to say that. That's tired of sequels and revivals. And I get it. I get it. And then there are some people that are just like, "That's not my Batman. That's not my Superman. You know, my Superman is this person, right? That's that's cool and all too. You know, those aren't my Star Wars movies. I like the prequels. Those aren't my Star Wars movies. I like the originals, right? People are always gonna have their 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 favorites, and that's cool too. But I mean, like, if you're going out, like, if you're going out of way to be like, yeah, those those never have, Like if As long as you can factually acknowledge that those seasons and those shows really do exist, like they are people who have worked on these projects, they exist in this world. As long as they acknowledge the fact that like they're there, then that's cool. They don't have to like it. Right. I tell people all the time. Like, hey, you know what? If you don't like the Star Wars sequel trilogy, if it's not for you, don't worry. Don't don't watch it again. You don't have to watch it. What do you like in Star Wars? You like that? Hey, have at it. That's your era, man. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. You know? Because the idea of like just acknowledging like, no, those didn't really happen. Then you're just like (laughs) not living in reality anymore, right? Like, no, they happened. You don't have to like them, but they certainly happened. And if you don't like them, that's cool. Playing Playing what you do love. I believe in that. I think everybody should, instead of hearkening on all the crap, all the negativity, remember why you loved your fandoms in the first place. And embrace those. Talk about those. Find people that love those. You know, you can acknowledge the fact that, hey, those seasons happen. They may not be your favorite and you have every right to maybe not like certain things. But if somebody were to tell me, man, I'm a huge fan of MMPR. I was like, "Oh, did you check out Mystic Force?" and they're like, "What's that?" And you're like, "Oh, well, did you check out Jungle Fury?" and they're like, "What's that?" Like, no, you know those like if they're really playing dumb, like MMPR is all there is of Power Rangers, then yeah, they need some maybe psychological help, okay? <laughs> Cuz that's just not reality. But if they just if it's just a case of they know that they're there but they just don't like them and they rather their attention be on MMPR then, hey, more power to you. If you want to love MMPR and don't give a f- about any of the other seasons, hey, you know what? I rather you love your MMPR than shit on everybody else's enjoyment of those fandoms, okay? <laughs> you can acknowledge they're there. They may not be for you, but they are they happened. Um so that's yeah, that's, that's that's what I would say if that makes any sense. Um So yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but hopefully it does. Uh, and I think with that, I think that will wrap up all of our live viewer questions. I will reboot this just to see. Did I miss anything? No, I think I got everybody. All right, yeah, I think that'll do it for live viewer questions. Thank you so much, guys. Um, let me go ahead and pull this up here for you. Uh, what else were you saying, Marcelino? I think you had a couple other comments. Have you seen Peppermint uh, with Jennifer Garner starring in it? I haven't watched it, but if you have, it worth watching. I have not seen it. I haven't really kept up much with Jennifer Garner's career, unfortunately. Um, uh, Marcelino says, some people said that the Harley Quinn stuff should have been off screen. Forgot to mention that. No, I think I don't think so. Look, I mean she did kill somebody important to the movie, right? Um, so her stuff needed to be sort of in that film. Um, how she goes about getting to that end result, that's that's like part of the fun when it comes to Harley. Because she's crazy as f- and I, I appreciate the fact that James Gunn recognizes that and puts that into the story. <laughs> so yeah, I don't I don't really have a problem with it. All right, guys. Yeah, I think outside of that, that will wrap up all of our television shows, uh, all of our topics for today. We're talking about. um, But uh, if anything, guys, we are working on last minute projects for our new logo rebranding sort of rollout here. It is something that I definitely want to do leading into San Diego Comic Con. Uh, The last piece that I'm really to work on is like just a new intro and maybe a, a new theme but um if anything i'll see what i can kind of maybe put together interim uh if i can't get something like that put together before San Diego comic-con certainly rolls around but um you'll definitely be seeing the new logo around here soon before the end of july um and um yeah hopefully more continued big stuff here for the channel um you know, we got Dotila who's going to be doing, uh, clearly our monthly, uh, our monthly wrestling stuff for us in regards to predictions, uh, reviews for the wrestling pay-per-views as well. Um, I'm trying to, if anything, I want to bring somebody else on board for anime stuff. Uh, John Powers, he does, um, co-hosting with, indie for anime assembled uh i do want to work with him a little bit more to see if i can get him to do maybe some solo projects on the channel to introduce more anime as well um so you might be seeing some new faces around here um some familiar faces for sure Indy and Stuart certainly are not going anywhere we definitely will be having our content um out for you guys on a weekly basis um yeah maybe some uh, new faces as we continue to certainly grow around here um i'm probably going to get some business cards created here relatively soon uh along with some merchandising for you guys so cups uh t-shirts hats uh hoodies jackets um a lot of stuff certainly down the pipeline in order for us to grow and um uh, again maybe um um continue to up the production value, certainly around here. Uh, Maybe get some programs for our computers, uh, just some other lighting, just really to kind of uh, spruce up the place a little bit. You know what I mean? So uh, any support definitely would certainly go a long way, guys. So uh, again, if you can't help us out monetarily with um, Super Chats and Super Images, um, you know, for super stickers, I think it is feel free to hit that subscribe button, man, hit that like button. All that is certainly free. Feel free to leave comments um, on these videos as well. Comics, the uh, comments definitely help the algorithm as well for uh, YouTube to push us out there. So uh feel free to continue this discussion in the form of comments down below. But other than that, guys, I think that's probably going to wrap it up for us here. Look, if you want to follow us on social media, uh, again, we are currently over on threads right now. Uh, You can definitely find us at A Plus Opinions, as you can see right there. Uh, If you want to follow us on social media, other places, very much over on Facebook, which is our main page where we keep you posted up with all the latest news, movie posters, trailers, set photos, things like that throughout the week. And then we take some of those topics and discuss it here with you guys. You can also find us over on Twitter as well as Instagram. Uh, But other than that, guys, that's going to do it for us here. So we'll certainly be back for you guys later on this week with more content. Uh, But if not, you can definitely check us out next Sunday live for you guys uh, for A Plus Cure Report. Until then, do us a big favor. As always, guys, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and keep it A Plus. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.